Good morning. You welcome to the big issue. We are live on 97.3 CTFM. My name is Salom Adun. This is a platform for riveting analysis uh, and, and incisive conversation. Uh, the show is live um, across um, a number of our partner stations and also on social media. You can join the discussion via 0549-986-996. That's our WhatsApp number, 0549-986-996. And we'll be happy to share your views with the rest of the world. Uh, we have two main I issues we are tabling for this morning. The first one has to do with the issue of the Income Tax Act that was amended and passed sometime uh, last year, but taking effect uh, about a month ago. And what has become, you know, known among the youthful population as a, the betting tax, the withholding 10% withholding tax on bet winnings or gaming winnings on games, lottery, etc. Now this has packed a storm in a, a section of the public, especially the youth. They do not understand why government will want to tax bet winnings. The NDC has waded into this and said it is insensitive and it is reckless of government to want to tax the bet winnings of people when government has not provided jobs, when the young people are suffering and working so hard to make ends meet. So taxing bet winnings should not be the way to go. The government has said that uh, not quite because betting is for lazy people and it makes the young population lazy. And so we must tax it to discourage young people from going to betting. That has been the discussion, really. But is uh, taxing bet winnings a good revenue generator in an ailing economy? We will look at that today with our guests. We'll look at all angles of this betting game, uh, very prevalent in many of the youthful, uh, of the, in the, in the youthful population, really. We'll understand what it means and how easy it is for them to make winnings. Others have said that you don't tax uh, bet winnings because uh, it is not every time that people win. So people would have invested or put in their money for a long time before they win once. So when you tax the winnings, it does not necessarily, uh, it's, 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 not, it's not a profit for you to tax and that doesn't make it right. We'll, we'll look at the arguments on both sides. Also, the Electoral Commission has announced, made an announcement, I mean, announcing the dates for the District Assembly elections. But key amongst the things they said included the fact that there will be some registration exercise, continuing registration exercise for persons who have turned 18 uh, since the last registration exercise. Uh, they'll be using the old system, but preferably they'll use the Ghana card. Uh, if you don't have your passport, and if you still do not have that, they have other means, the guarantor system, etc. they want to look at. They are pushing very hard to make the Ghana card the sole uh, identity document for this. But not everybody has a Ghana card. We'll examine the arguments again and see. So what happens when they do this now, next election year, they want to do another registration. Will we maintain this register, which has the other people, including those who use guarantors on it, or they'll call for an overhaul of that, uh, that uh, register? Uh, that is also on the table for the second segment of the program. Um, my name is Salom Adunu. I will take a short break. I'll return, uh, provide you some updates, and then we will uh, introduce our guests and get a discussion underway. We are welcome to the big issue. Uh, I'll be right back.
You welcome back to the big issue. Um, we are live on 97.3 City FM. Um, the show is live and interactive. You can join us via our WhatsApp line 0549-986996. Uh, uh, we're dealing with two key issues today. One is a 10% uh, betting tax. That's how we call it these days. 10% betting tax. That's actually income tax on bet winnings or lottery. Uh, whether it's a good revenue generator in an alien economy or not, the young people are unhappy. The NDC is weighted into it and, and said notice that government does not withdraw this tax. They will demonstrate, they will occupy government buildings and they will, uh, they, they, they will, they will do a lot of things that may be disruptive uh, using legal means or lawful means until the government withdraws this particular tax because they find it very, very insensitive. Also, we will look at the Electoral Commission and its announcement about the District Assembly elections and what it wants to do with the registration exercise. Appears, of course, the old law that is working, the new CI, has not been tabled, it's not been passed yet. What does that mean for the process going into 2024? There will still be the guarantor system, even though they prefer uh, to use the Ghana card. But not everybody has a Ghana card. You know, what does that mean for election 2024? Will they overhaul the voters' register or they will expunge those without the Ghana card? should the new CI be passed, we'll, we'll want to find out all of that and see how the political parties are readying themselves for the, themselves for the exercise that starts sometime next month. Now, just to provide you some update, the Ghana Revenue Authority has announced that it will begin implementing a 10% withholding tax on all gross gaming winnings from August 15, 2023. The GRA explained that the withholding tax will be charged on profits accrued after each win and that the existing 15% value added tax rate on each stake will no longer be charged. The GRA said that the new policy is in line with an amendment to the Income Tax Act 2023, number 2, Act 1094. Speaking at a media engagement session, the Commissioner for the Domestic Tax Revenue Division at the GRA, Edward Jamira, said that gaming companies that fail to comply with the new policy will face sanctions, including the withdrawal of their licenses. As part of its revenue mobilization drive, the Ghana Revenue Authority has indicated its preparedness to commence the enforcement of the 10% withholding tax on all gross gaming winnings. This move, the authority affirms, is in compliance with the amendment of the Income Tax Act 2023, Act 10.94. Speaking at a media engagement session, the Commissioner for the Domestic Tax Revenue Division, Edward Jamra, explains that sanctions will be meted out to gaming companies that flout the new policy. We can't stay in a country without complying for the tax laws. We need the revenue, we need the taxes to develop the country. So the players in this industry, you are required to ensure that come 15th of August, you start full implementation of this withholding tax. Meanwhile, the head of compliance exercise unit at the authority, Nelson Bright Achu, announced the introduction of new exercise duties on beverages as part of the amendment of the income tax. Previously, wines attracted 22.5% of ex factory price, currently 45% of ex factory price. Spirits including appetition. Distilled or rectified, the old rate was 25% of ex factory price. The new rate is 
50% of X factory price. Blended or compounded, same. 25 previously, currently 50% of X factory price. For use in laboratories, 0%. Meanwhile, some bettors have also been sharing their views on the decision to tax their earnings. Mini industry has grown in leaps and bounds over the past few years as various sports centers and lottery kiosks spring up in neighborhoods. The industry has been giving a further boost with the advent of technology, which makes it easy for patrons to access gaming platforms to stake their bet at their convenience. Government in a bid to rake in more revenue as the country's economy suffers a downturn passed three new taxes, including the Income Tax Amendment Bill 2022, which imposes a 10% tax on bet and lottery winnings. The tax, which takes effect on August 15, at a time when major leagues across the world have started their new season, has been met with stiff opposition from majority of its patrons who say the tax will affect their livelihood. Government Thousand, undi one city. Inti say you thousand. That's it. Who when a thousand? It be same. Government saw no so hundred cities. Our government no brother no bomba wa. Also say hundred cities. Bet we can. Yeah, kasa yeah. You tonight or or man. Juma ni woniti. Yes, wale ane be gua. Ne eden. Yeah, be peka kaka kra. Now we catch them. Say me, my bet your bet. Ebiya. Bet say. Six months, my chabet is a mini daku, and daku pe midi. No one can make a chance to catch me. Baba, me boto. No one can be do or swa. Me do my monse. Omo angasa no. Omo ni do omo ye. But not all betters are opposed the new tax. Yawinti says the new tax will allow him and many other betters contribute their quota towards national development. Many abano I agree to the sense, hundred percent to the sense. So what you are that's also going to attack her because Ghana has been saying, "Obia Felice, Obia is going to put on the air of But it's a man say, "At last, he said, 'Better than you know, best in the chair, guest in the chair.' Yeah, minimum gave ya last week. Obia about three hundred million. It's a man to achieve a best five thousand or the or the or the two city. Obia about three hundred three hundred million." About uh, Meanwhile, a Lotto operator who has been speaking to City News on condition of anonymity fears the new tax will collapse his business. Uh, because Wow. Uh, say, what's he a betting in the womb? Chakra, not just a young man, so I didn't.
Tax analyst Francis Timor Boy has, however, dismissed fears that the tax will have a negative impact on betting and lottery industry, with concerns that the government may not be able to achieve its revenue target of 1.2 billion cities as a result of the tax. Francis Timor Boy believes the government must do more to strengthen loopholes in the implementation of the tax regime. He has also called on government to review the rate imposed in the 2024 budget statement while also granting exemptions. If there were some threshold to cater for the poor, um, 2016 we had 2,592 cities. If you win that amount, we don't tax you. Maybe we could have brought it back and say, okay, if you win maybe 1,000 or 2,000, you don't pay tax on it. Let's also remember that when you lose, you don't pay tax. Government doesn't mind you. You you are just on your own. I, I wish that uh, there should have been that review, and hopefully, if the minister can consider uh, possibly reviewing it in the media in the 2024 budget that will be presented in November, let's take a second look at it. All right. So you you saw and heard that report put together by City Newsroom. Now, let's, let me introduce my guests to you this morning. Quite a number of interested persons on this matter. Um, Osman Ayariga is Deputy Youth Organizer of the National Democratic Congress. They are raising a storm about this whole um, tax on, on games or lottery or betting. Um, Dr. Dixon Adumakukisi is Member of Parliament for the Anya Soutum constituency, uh, member, of, I mean, member of the New Patriotic Party. Um, we have Jeffrey Okansi, who is a member of the Tax Justice Coalition, and also uh, Clinton, Leo Mojih, Clinton, also known as Leo Mojih, who is a sports better. He understands the industry very well. They call them investors, um, and they will help us understand what really uh, the matters are. We also have Dr. Kobe Boating, who is president, Ghana Association <coughs> of Sports Betting Operators. They are the betting operators. They run the platforms. And this is the platforms uh, the betters uh, use to realize their, their objective, that is, the winnings, etc. they do. Gentlemen, you are welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank All right, you. so let me start off with let me start off with the governing side, uh, because it's a tax introduced by the executive, even yeah. though you belong to the legislature. But you passed the bill, actually, Correct. or you passed the law. Um, let me understand from you what the policy objective is why did government introduce yeah. this tax beyond raising more revenue? What targets really are we looking at? Oh, uh, uh, the, the Honorable Dixon, uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Dixon Aduma Kusi. Yeah. Thank you, Salom. Um, it's, it's, it's been a long time since it's, you it's, it's been, hosted yes. me, but yes, yes, it's been. that's fine. And, and you have a very nice edifice. Thank you. The last time was at the old place. Yes, so yes, yes. Thank you. Kudos to leadership and management of uh, city. Thank you. Um, let me also add that the new job in MP, today is her birthday, Amapuma. Oh, okay. Uh, she's a deputy minister for communication, okay. working with ESLA. Okay. Um, lovely, woman. lovely woman. Lovely woman. Lovely woman. So, uh, one of the very important things um, that I need to put out, um, tax is one of the very important aspects of government raising revenue besides loans and, shall I say, bonds. Um, and if governance uh, is dynamic, then we are here now because of 
government being dynamic. And why do I say that? Um, gaming and money spent on gaming, like cigarettes, oh. is a discretionary spending. And, and what I mean by that is that individuals uh, decide to use their hard-earned money to spend oh. at their own uh, will, whether for alcohol or cigarettes, or in this case, for gaming. Mm. And let me just educate people that, interestingly, during the COVID period leading up to now, uh, government has noticed that there was no severe or negative economic impact on gaming industry. Mm. And, and it would interest you to know that whilst activities were on, on slow drive, more people were spending time on gaming online mm. and doing lottery. Mm. And, and, and I must say that uh, kudos also to Sami Oku, who's been doing NLA. Mm -hmm. Though it's different from gaming, um, you know, I think it's still in the same sphere. And I think one way or the other, they've made, they've brought gaming and lottery closer home. Mm. Um, I've been to Vegas a number of times, not to gamble. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but to enjoy mm -hmm. the infrastructure, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Caesar's Palace, Bellagio, and, and, and all these wonderful places, the Strip, you know, in Vegas. Wonderful weather. But let me interest Ghanaians to know that Las Vegas, which we all know now, is Vegas because of revenues from lottery and gaming. And, and by virtue of that, it is a, 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 a testimony of what the gaming industry can do to a town or a city. And, and it's now a destination for lots of weddings mm -hmm. and lots of events, especially even boxing. And, and I must say that in as much as many of us may not like the idea of gambling, it is an industry that uh, is now with us. And if you're a government and you're looking at the quantum of monies that this industry is now milking out of your economy, then you must be very, uh, you know, interested in trying to, one, uh, also get some gains in for very important government uh, uh, use. And, and let me say that it would interest people to know that the pre-pandemic revenues from gaming has even increased over 10% over the past three years, which, which is very uh, remarkable for, for government. And, and to look at some figures, I, I spent some time looking at two key places that I, I would focus on uh, in terms of taxes. And I must say that we've started on a generous note. And what I say by that, 10% is almost like tithing. Mm -hmm. and, and it's on a generous note because elsewhere, we are looking at 35% on the winnings. On the winnings. And, and, and in fact, in, in the U.S., it is injurious to take a lump sum when you win your mm. lottery. And many have rather done 10 years payment plan with the government mm. so that they, 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 it reduces their tax uh, uh, requirement. And, and, and it's not even advisable in tax you know, related arrangement for gaming or lottery to take lump sum. If you take lump sum, government will, will, will get mm. you. 
So, so elsewhere, uh, people don't take lump sum. They, they spread it over a number of years so that the yearly taxing will not be too huge on them. Now, uh, federal taxes in the U.S. is 24%. Oh. And then the state will also top you up. In, in New York, it's 8.82%. In Las Vegas, it's 6.75%. Uh, so this is in addition to... Uh, so, so if you add 6 to 24, that's 30. If you add 8 to 24, you're looking at 33%. And this is what the normal is. And I'm using just that. We can go into Europe where it's even more. You understand? So, so I think that uh, for, for um, you know, lack of a better word, government has started off with 10%, way low than what the norm is in places where, uh, you know, gaming is, is, is very well done. Now, I, I also want to say this, that any time there's taxation, I want Ghanaians to require of government more accountability because, because it is not just about collecting taxes. We should be accountable, transparent, and encourage Ghanaians to understand why we are doing the taxing. And per what Finance Minister uh, told us, ultimately, all of these taxes is to improve the quality of life for Ghanaians, mm -hmm. for businesses, and for people who tour our nation. Now, I must add that we need to be aware that substance abuse and addiction which is also in the domain of gaming, because some of these uh, boys and girls and men and women become addicted to gambling. Mm -hmm. And by virtue of that, would we'll need health care, uh, you know, mental health care to, to help them. And, and some of these monies, which will be funneled back into our health system, will inure to the benefit of all of us. Uh, because if you've lived with any addict before, you can appreciate the fact that Gambling addiction is, is not good. Mm. And I've wanted to have a word with the opposition party, largely because on the matter of gambling, no religious body that I know in this country is for it. Mm -hmm. and, and they need to be mindful of the fact that uh, in economic terms, nudging is very important. Mm. Something to do to dissuade or discourage people from engaging in gambling is also very crucial in terms of doing your taxation. And, and government cannot take away your entire liberty of engaging in, let me say, discretionary spending. Um, in, in, in the Netherlands and in, in, in Germany, people spend on prostitution, and it's legal. And, and, and government also takes its cut from even that. So, so what I'm trying to say here is that one, government is not taking away people's liberty mm -hmm. to do gaming, but in as much as government is not taking, government needs to tread cautiously and try to dissuade many people from engaging in this activity. And, and, and just like in cigarette smoking, if you tax more, people smoke less. Mm -hmm. And these are some of the things we do uh, in, in economics so that people do not engage in these things. Now, I think that what we, government, need to encourage people to understand is that these taxes, one, 
are going to help our public health system so that we can address some of these addictions that I talked about. And then more importantly, even our fire departments in this country will also benefit in terms of fire engines, new facilities and fire I think there's specific personnel. things this revenue will be applied to. No, I mean, or, you know, or, any, or general any government expenditure. government gets mm. in terms of taxation helps the, the, the base. And the base of, of governance is what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. And even road maintenance. Mm. And, and I think that, uh, uh, as we all know, all the gaming sites require some policing. Uh, and, and protection security and security and and I, I I want to beg people to understand that you walk on some level of whether bad or good roads mm. to your gaming center if the electricity there is not on mm. can you do gaming mm. and government is providing us with sustainable energy and and that also <laughs> is, is something that uh, we we need to be aware that all of our tax revenues go to support the lights we have on. And, and hear me out that Finance Minister, in as much as sometimes I don't side with him, has been very clear to us that despite all these challenges, we have kept our electricity on. Uh -huh. and, and I really think that people who are into gaming should always be appreciative because Imagine when you're just about doing your bet and lights goes off. Mm. That bet could have maybe earned you something. So having sustainable electricity is almost a necessity for, uh, you know, efficient... So look, um, my, my concern is yeah. we, are, we appear to be applying this potential revenue from, from gaming or betting or mm -hmm. however we want to call it to everything. And we had this before when the e-levy uh, um, um, advocacy was ongoing. Yeah. It almost appeared as if e-levy was going to solve every single problem of Ghanaians to the extent that we, we even, uh, uh, you know, uh, stopped the, the, toll, the road tolling, etc. Because we said that the e-levy was going to generate enough funding to deal with all of that. E-levy didn't perform as well as we, we all uh, or government expected. So we are back to it. So we went to IMF, etc. Mm -hmm. Now here we are with a new tax handle, not so yes. new, but repealed, brought back, mm -hmm. and we apply. We appear to be saying the same things again: hospitals, well, I mean, roads, security, everything. I mean, let me be very uh, blunt. Every tax revenue, whoever the government is, will use it to strengthen the services that government mm -hmm. provides, and and at the core of any taxation is your health, sanitation, education, infrastructure. infrastructure. So, so it, it, it's inseparable. And every activity we all engage in in this country, and, and let me say that in as much as there's any new industry, government will one way or the other have to have some share of that industry. Mm. So if, for instance, today uh, we have and, and let me cite, for instance, several decades ago, we did not have Apple phones. Mm -hmm. Once Apple phones came into existence, now, uh, you know, California and Seattle are making huge quantums of tax revenue from that. And, and shall phone users say that they will not pay taxes to the government? No. Every new industry, to a large extent, if, if for instance, uh, as uh, our trade 
an industry former minister is saying, if Ghanaians should take on palm industry carefully, we can garner more revenue from palm plantations than we do for cocoa mm. if we apply ourselves. Will the revenues from taxing palm industry not help us? Mm. And if it becomes that big, all that, shall we say that uh, government should not tax palm industry? No. Whatever industry that, uh, you know, uh, comes up from tomorrow, be it water, be it even, uh, let me say, uh, air conditioners, everything that is new business, uh, you know, besides killing it, some taxation can drown out an industry. Very well. And, yeah. and I really think that one, 10% will not drown out this industry. Mm -hmm. And two, no matter what, all of us as Ghanaians who are always demanding on government for must contribute for good things must learn to contribute. Very well. Um, so that's um, Dr. Dixon, Adomaku KCMT Fanyasoto. Let me speak to uh, Dr. Kobi Boatin, who is president of the Ghana Association of Spot Bets spot betting operators. Uh, Doc, welcome to the program. Um, so government introduced this, reintroduced this, this tax handle, this tax to uh, get some revenue from your industry. First of all, tell us how did this hit you? And before you go ahead to, 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 to tell us that, uh, let's know who your membership is. How is your membership structure? Like how many people are in the Ghana Association or companies are in the Ghana Association of Spot Betting Operators? Um, good morning. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, good morning. Thank you very much for inviting Ghana Association of uh, Sports Betting onto your program. Right. Um, the industry consists of um, 32 operating members who are licensed by the Ghana Gaming Commission. And um, we, at a point in time, felt that it was better to come together as a unit to be able to assist the government and also to help our consumers uh, to galvanize ourselves in such a way that if there are any kind of issues or impact that is coming on earth, we might have a better discussion with the uh, authorities to bring in a better resolution on any uh, issues that arise. Here in this particular case was the announcement in the budget in the beginning of January of um, a gaming tax on the industry. Now, previously, the, uh, the uh, operators had to come in with these uh, VAT on sales, which we felt that it was becoming cumbersome to our operations and also very expensive for the government in terms of collection, right? So after a lengthy discussion, we arrived at tax being on the GGR, which is in simple terms, um, sales and winnings, and the difference between the two is the gross gaming revenue. So it is at, that, at this juncture that we came into discussion with the government as to what percentage that should be in terms of uh, uh, effective collection uh, on our members.
that negotiations led to the point of a 20% uh, tax on GGR, which is where the operators uh, have to come out and pay, right? So um, in that regard, it also dawned upon us that um, uh, the government also as a policy thought about this withholding tax, which I think is uh, uh, a case for us for us to be discussing today, which came around the 10 percent, right? Yes, um, just so I understand you, the gross gaming revenue of 20 percent is paid by who? By the, the, sport, the betting operators? Yes. Okay, and this is separate from other taxes you pay already, corporate taxes, etc. Is that correct? Um, the gross gaming uh, revenue came in to replace BAP and CIT. So at the moment, no gaming operator pays any other uh, 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 expenses or any other tax to the government. But of course, this particular taxation, non-delays, affects also the, uh, the income no, go ahead. that the yeah, the income that these betting companies uh, face. Um, don't forget that, uh, especially within our industry and the retail sector, we do invest a lot of our money into recruitment, salaries, land, um, uh, how do we call it, uh, other expenditures that we we do payee and then uh, 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 state contributions and all that. So let's bear in mind that with the 20% that we are giving to the government, we also have all these other expenses that come our way. So this, in a way, was uh, looking at it so that, or having this discourse with the government, that other taxes moving on will be an in, sort of in, uh, put us in a very difficult position, right? I, I see. So uh, since this tax uh, was reintroduced or was introduced, what uh, has your, your uh, I don't want to say members, I mean, the, the, the people, the betters, what have they been telling you? Do they say, are they, obviously they will not be happy, but how much of an impact do they say this will have on their betting behavior? Right. I, I think uh, we are, um, as I've, I've, I've said, I've, uh, I've mentioned, at the moment, uh, we are aware that our customers are not really, really happy about this uh, uh, taxation, the 10%. But uh, as an association, we did our best. And I think the government is listening to us on this. And it just started, I think, being implemented within the past 10, 15 days. Uh, we're still in negotiations with the government because let's realize that whatever impact that um, we receive from the reaction of the Panthers will affect the gaming revenue, right? So it is the interest of, interest of both the operators and the government to continue to be talking, and we are still negotiating with the government to come up in with a middle course whereby uh, this... 10% can either be brought down or in further con consultation along the, along the months coming, if possible, to even do away with it. 
But these are all things that we are negotiating and talking about whilst uh, the policy is still being implemented. I see. All right. Let me let me now. So I'll, I'll come back to you, Doc. Um, let me speak to Osman Ayariga, who is in the studio with me, deputy organizer of the NDC. The NDC appears not happy about this. They issued a statement uh, saying a lot of things. Um, Osman, why is the NDC unhappy with this? The NDC, in this time, also introduced a similar tax. It was this government that took it out in 2017. Uh, this tax has come back. You know, so really, if the government hadn't repealed it or taken it away, it would have still existed, uh, albeit in another form. Why is the NDC so averse to this tax at this particular time? Um, Salam, good morning to you and uh, good morning to my brother, Dr. Dumakukisi, and uh, your cherished viewers and to those listening to. I would just want to touch on a few things, Dr. said before I even come to that, but mm. also answering your question. This is not just the position of NDC. Mm. This is the position of every youth of this country. Mm. We have had calls from all youth across various political parties, even youth within the NPP have called us to express their dissatisfaction, have called us to express their anger. They have called us to express how they are unhappy with this current tax that is being introduced across board to affect every better in the current industry. Mm. So it is not the position of, say, the NDC. The NDC is taking the front row in fighting this thing for every youth in this country. Mm. So even the MPP youth are unhappy about it. The CPP youth are unhappy about it. The non-political youth that are out there are unhappy about it. So we are only out here as a mouthpiece. And of course, as a, a party that listens to the hue and cry of people and understand what people go through, of course, we would have to take up the fight and fight for them. Um, my brother said something about, you know, gaming being a discretionary spending. If you decide to look at it holistically like that, then you're going to be getting it all wrong. He tried to analyze it <clears throat> by bringing how cities like Las Vegas, etc., how their gambling is being controlled and how it's being monitored and how it's being regulated. Juxtaposing that with our current Ghanaian society, you would realize that the caliber and kinds of people who gamble in Las Vegas are not the kind of people that we are talking about here. Mm. These are multi-millionaires in Las Vegas who go there as a form of luxury to gamble, and they do it as a big-time business. And we all know what happens in Las Vegas. Mm. Before you even go into a casino, you, I mean, ordinary person like me, I cannot even go into a Las Vegas casino, sit on a roulette or a table, and start gambling. Really? Because you don't have money? Because I don't have that kind of money. Wait, so, no, I, 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 I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> even the chips that you buy there, sometimes there's a minimum of $5,000, minimum no, of $10,000. The chips, we, we read about Las Vegas. I've, I've been never there, been there. So you are we read about them, and we know the kind of gambling that happens there and the caliber of persons that go there to gamble mm. so if the government there is trying to take somebody from those kinds of persons yes we can understand bring us back to our current situation here we are not talking about multi-millionaires or well-to-do people like dr kisi who are out there trying to gamble and government is trying to take a chunk out of it we are talking about youth like myself who are unemployed who this government promised hope and they are going through hopelessness. Who this government promised jobs? And there's joblessness. Who this government promised light at the end of the tunnel? And there's nothing at the end of the tunnel. We are done with the tunnel and there's nothing. It's dark. 
We are talking about people who wake up every morning and try to even bet on 10 Ghana cities, 5 Ghana cities, 1 Ghana city. These are the kind of people we are talking about here, my brother. We are not talking about multi-millionaires who are happy, who are okay, who have made it in life and are gambling millions of dollars. No. We are talking about the youth of this country who sit down and calculate various odds mm. in football matches. And just to put in 10 Ghana cities, to be able to raise some revenue, to raise capital, to be able to go into production. I know people. People use betting to raise yes, capital. Yes, yes, yes. Salah, I'm coming to well, that. I know people. I know people. No, I know people who have been able to put maybe 10 cities, 5 cities, and when you say 5,000, and have gone into agriculture. Yes, I have seen people. Mm. And I've seen people who have been able to put maybe 10 cities, 5 cities, 20 cities, and win, say, maybe 4,000 or 5,000 cities. And they have gone into some business, some bought uh, uh, motorbikes to go into um, delivery. Then government can tax them. That makes absolute sense. But where the person is trying to survive, so long, people out there who are betting on this sports bet are not doing it because they are happy and because they are living a luxurious lifestyle. They are trying to survive. It is about survival. People are trying to make ends meet. People are trying very hard not to engage in any form of crime. Mm. People are trying very hard to fend for themselves. People are trying hard to put food on their table. So if you come and you try to do an analogy, that's because it's happening in Las Vegas. And there are huge taxes there, say 20%, 25%. So the fact that you haven't taxed us 10% means that you have even been charitable to us. Please. So if, if I put in, I don't, know, I don't know what the rates are really, but if I put in 10 cities and, and, and maybe I, I won 100 cities, and government says out of that 100 cities, give me 10 cities and take home 90 cities, that, 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 that is not too cruel, is it? It is. It is. It is. And I'll come to why. And I'll come to. And I will come to why it's cruel. And I'll come to why it is cruel and wicked. Now, he also spoke about accountability, and that is where the problem is. This government, under Akufo Addo, with his not able vice president, Alaji Baomia. In your view? Yes, in my view, he's not able because he has promised us so many things. And he was the one who was championing the campaign mantra that we are going to move from taxation to production. Mm. This government alone has introduced not less than 20 new taxes. And mm. we continue to call them new sales taxes. 3% VAT flat rate. 5% increase in VAT, making the get fund levy and NHIL straight taxes. 5% national fiscal stabilization levy, 2% special import levy. You remember the luxury vehicle tax mm -hmm. that we fought vehemently. 50% increase in communication service tax, 1% COVID-19 on 3% VAT flat rate, making it 4%. 1% COVID-19 levy on the 2.5 national health insurance levy, also making it 3.5%. 5% fiscal sector cleanup recovery levy, 1% e-levy, formerly 1.5% on the Momo and other digital transactions. 20% energy sector recovery levy. 10% sanitation levy, which we call the baller tax that we have continuously fought and we are still fighting. 18% energy sector recovery levy on every kilogram of LPG. 2.5% increase in VATs. The excise duty amendment bill. The growth and sustainability levy bill the Income Tax Amendment Bill 2022, then 
now we have the tax on them. Don't forget, we are currently fighting the other tax on the sanitary part. So you it's, realize, it's you realize that, you realize that, you realize, you you realize that. I mentioned COVID. I mentioned COVID. I mentioned COVID nineteen. I mentioned it. So I'm waiting for you when you're done. Now. You've mentioned, I mentioned COVID nineteen. I mentioned all those taxes. So this is a government that promised to move from taxation to production. And the argument is that they rather introduce more taxes. And they introduce more taxes. And there's nothing to show. Hmm. There's nothing for us to see because they promised us jobs. We've not seen the jobs. The youth are angry and hungry because this government has not been able to account for the many taxes that they have introduced and what we are paying for. And the taxes are choking. Mm. So if the youth this time around say that we are sick and tired of the taxes, no one, and mind you, no one is against development, but we are against people taxing us and we're not seeing the development. So considering the number or the amount of taxes that this government has enjoyed, also, in addition to the loans and the revenue and what we are seeing today, what do we see today? Total mismanagement, huge corruption everywhere, and we do not see what this government has done. Even in his own constituency, he has terrible roads. But terrible he's, roads he's telling us that the, the taxes are to fix it. So his own constituency, he has very, very terrible roads. He's here, I know his constituency. It's just here. Very, 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 very bad roads. And for how many? For seven years. For seven years, he still has bad roads. So I'm surprised he's sitting no, here and giving support. Osman, is, your, is it your no. view that in seven years, government should have finished solving or you know dealing with all the bad roads in the country? Not at all. But I should see some significant. Well, we've seen asphalt overlay. We've oh, seen oh, a lot oh, of oh, indeed. And the the the, the roads and highways ministers on record, and the president as well, to have said that his administration has constructed more roads than you know when 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 we when 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 we put that statement to strict proof, we realize that it wasn't the case. Mm. Even where they were doing some reshaping, they added it as construction of new roads. Where a grader went to, you know, just clean the road, they added it as construction of new roads. So let's not even. So, let's not even go. Into, of road no, he, no, you know, he said construction of new roads. Mm -hmm. You remember but that? If there was no road, we have road maintenance, we have rehabilitation, and we have construction of new roads. So, what should we have said? We just said, oh, road maintenance. And upgrade, then we can have a construction of new roads. That's a different thing. Mm. But that's not even that. Mm. I just wanted to to draw his attention. Yes, to but, 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 but he's, here, is, he's here defending the tax. But However, government is building his own constituency. A lot of hospitals, 111 hospitals. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Thank you. Thank you. Government is building roads. Government is building STEM Thank schools. You. Thank government you very is doing much. Quite a number of things. Thank you very much. And COVID. I'm coming to that. And when COVID struck, very devastatingly. When COVID struck, you know, no public service or civil service or anybody working in the public sector went home without salary. And they are all still at work. They were not working. But government had to find money to, to, to pay them. All these things government has used money for. So when you say you don't see what government has used money for, that I really... probably need to change his glasses. <laughs> Salom, Salom. I remember very well. The same Dr. Kisi here, mm -hmm. we met on another station. TV station, yeah. if you remember. Mm -hmm. And he was making so much noise about Agenda 111 and how they were going to complete it and how they were going to do it. And I told him that at the time they started and the timeline they had given, mm -hmm. they were able to complete even five. Mm -hmm. I will leave the NDC and join the MPP. All those <laughs> deadlines have passed. He said, ask him. I, I told him that if they are able to complete even... even, even moving steadily. <laughs> that is the English word. It's moving steadily. <laughs> and it's still moving steadily. I, I think, and, please, and I please, let us, mm -hmm. let us not, you know, insult the... 
intelligence and yeah, yeah, yeah. no i'm not i'm not done i'm not done, okay. I'm not done. Mm -hmm. so if you come and want to make that argument about you controlling it and in vegas this is how it's done i think it's a misplaced mm -hmm. argument here so let us not even hear the argument the youth are sick and tired and i've listed all the taxes that we pay on a daily basis so you know when you go out and you even buy food to a tune of thousand Ghana cities or any item to a tune of thousand Ghana, you end up paying close to thousand two hundred and twenty-nine. Just taxes accumulated. Yeah. Just taxes accumulated. No hundred. If you buy food, thousand cities. Or if you go to a restaurant and your meal, you and your friends, the total of the food is thousand cities. You, you end up paying thousand two hundred and twenty-nine if you accumulate all the taxes. So in essence, you food. pay like two hundred cities worth of taxes. Yes. Okay. Now, Salom, let me also come back to the the issue of the angle of the debate that well it was introduced and they have reintroduced it in that act 896 mm. it didn't include sports betting it didn't mm. include people like myself mm. who are trying to make a living it didn't include people like myself who are trying to survive it only dealt with lotteries and even that even that, there was a threshold. If you won below 2,500, mm. you are not taxed. If you won above 2,500, you are taxed less than 2,500. So then it makes room. And you see, in lotteries, before you win above 2,500, what it means is that you have staked higher numbers mm. or you decided to take more money. To be able to win that so the thinking and the calculation is that anyone who wins above 2500 the person doesn't fall within my brackets mm. of being a young poor youth mm. so if you are sticking 100 cities in lotteries or 50 cities you cannot win above 2000 per the calculation mm. so if i am a young man like me unemployed thanks to this government mm. and we decide to go into lotteries and we go and stick 100 cities oh we are safe you I understand see. now what it also calculated what it also thought about was that it is not every day that when you stick you will win mm. so the calculation is that in some instances you make losses mm. so all of this 2500 was supposed to absorb whatever losses you make but in this current dispensation let me tell you why this tax is even more wicked. So, so and this, there's no exception there. There's no limit. You, there's you, no limit. No, you get, yes, you get and I, and right I, from the beginning. Yes, and, yes. I, and I, aside from I'm coming to why no, this so tax I, I, is... So I want to... Well, I'll take a break. I, okay. I want to speak to the other guy so so we, we come back again. All right, let me speak to uh, Clinton, Lil Mojit, who who is a known sports better. Uh, Clinton, welcome to the program. Um, has this tax... Has implementation of this tax started affecting your operations as a better? Um, I can't hear you. If if you may unmute, can you unmute so, so we hear you? Yeah, it has it has really affected me a lot, and then my followers as well, because um, ten percent tax you you've already you've already taxed um, the companies we bet, we bet. So why then should you tax we the betters? Um, to me, like, excuse me to say, but it doesn't make sense. Um, why, why am I saying that? This is whereby every game you stick, you are not assured of winning. It's a 50-50. You can lose and then you can win. So what, what if I lose? What are you going to do for me? 
if I when you are taking ten percent from me, but if I lose, what are you doing for me? Mm. I, so I we are yeah we are very very we are very 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 angry very 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 angry very very very. You very are angry, angry that uh, you maybe I don't know again how what the rate is, but you put in five CDs, you win hundred CDs. Ten percent. And government 10%. says and government says I give me. Ten cities or that hundred cities to help build roads and schools for you. you. You are not happy with that. Build road and schools. What happened to Ilevi? So, but Ilevi hasn't performed the way government expected. No, but but okay. How are you convinced that this will also go the way government is expecting? If Ilevi didn't go the same way government expected, how are you convinced that this will go the same way? What happens to the other taxes? Because uh, I have I have over fifty thousand people in my Telegram channel who depends on me to make ends meet. I have hundred and seventy thousand followers on Twitter who depends on me to make ends meet. So this is what I do. We take the bets. We win. Sometimes we if I even do giveaways to people to take a bet with it and win to feed them ourselves. And at the end of the day, you tell me you tax them ten percent. Because without betting, most people would have been armed robbers by now. Hmm. I, most I, people, I, like a lot of the youth would have been armed robbers by now. And people take 5 CDs, 10 CDs, 20 CDs, 30 CDs, 50 CDs, make money to feed themselves, to get something to eat. Because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure, I'm not sure the government knows what we go through. I heard Kennedy Japan uh, saying in one of his interviews that um, it's a free money, so they get the money for free. So as long as you get the money for free, uh, you are supposed to pay tax. That's when I got to realize he knows nothing about what he's saying. I, see. I don't just open my betting account and then see money in there. Then I start, I start withdrawing. I put pen on paper. I have to do poison distribution. I have to use last six. I don't work aside betting. I build my house from betting. I, we inspire people. We motivate people that, oh, okay, though there are no employment in the country, but as, as well as we have made it, you can, you can also make it. They are following us. They have been making some money from betting, and you want to tax them. But if you make With money, all taxes on, mm -hmm. if you make money, you have to make a contribution to the development of the country. You just said that you built your house from betting, you know? Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's a lot of money you have made. Government must benefit from, 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 from government must benefit from what you make to help you know yes. bring infrastructure you are up. Me, yes. Okay, okay. You are using me for instance. Mm -hmm. You are using me for instance. Yes. Generalize it. Generalize it. What are what about those people who just wake up and don't even have money money for food, and then maybe they might get some two CDs and want to use it to bet two CDs. They win five CDs and you are telling them to pay ten percent tax. Put me aside. Put uh, the top tipsters also aside. What about what about those people too? I see. Um, so, uh, so 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 there could have been so there could have been there could have been a ruler. Okay, um, if you make more than this amount, you are supposed to pay tax. If you make more than this, you are supposed to pay tax because the companies we bet on, we bet they have already been taxed. Very well. Clinton, hold it there. I'll take a short break. I'll come back to you. Of course, I will hear also from Jeffrey Okansi, 
who, who is a tax person on, on all of this. Take a short break, come back, and continue the discussion. Don't go away. You're welcome back to The Big Issue, 97.3 CTF. A very warm welcome to our TV viewers as well. Uh, my name is Selom Adunu. The show is live and interactive. You can join us via WhatsApp line 020-444-7033. And that number is displayed on the screen. We'll be happy to share your views with the rest of the world. This morning, we are discussing two very interesting topics. The first one has to do with the 10% uh, tax on betting or game winnings or lottery winnings. We're asking whether it's a good revenue generator in an alien economy. The young people of our country who are mainly into betting are not happy with the government for the introduction or reintroduction of this tax. They want government to do something about it. We've been having discussions with some of them. Indeed, the NDC is waded into the matter and said that government's reintroduction, introduction of this tax has been insensitive because government promised to provide jobs for these young people and government has failed. And so the last thing you want to do is to tax these young people when they are trying to make ends meet. That is a, a, a proposition or that is a view we are interrogating on the program. Also, the Electoral Commission this week made some announcements. They, they've set dates for uh, voter registration and they've also set dates for the district assembly elections. Uh, we will see really what will become of the new CI they are hoping to introduce but obviously not for this registration exercise. That CI hopes to make the Ghanaka the only identity document for registration. That CI hasn't been laid, it's not been passed, and so we'll use the old law, which allows for other forms of identity or identification, the Ghana card, passports, and even the guarantor system. What happens next year when that bill or that CI is passed? Will we expunge all those other persons, all those persons who use other documents to register from the, reg from the register, or we will have to do an overhaul of the system. We will find out about that in the next segment of the program. And um, I guess for this segment, looking at the 10% betting tax, is Dr. Kobe Boatin, President Ghana Association of Sports Betting Operators, Osman Ayariga, Deputy Youth Organizer of the NDC, Dr. Dexin Adumaku Kisi, Member of Parliament, Anya Soutum, uh, Jeffrey Okanse, who we are here to hear from, is a member of the Tax Justice Coalition, and then Clinton, Lil Mo GH, is a sports better, very well known in the sector. So we've been having this discussion generally on what the way forward should be, whether the tax, I mean, should continue to exist, whether indeed we can raise the revenue we um, anticipate from this, or something generally should be done about it. We heard from quite a number of our panelists. Now let's speak to uh, Jeffrey Okansi. He's a member of the Tax Justice Coalition. Jeffrey, um, as a tax person, what's your thinking about the reintroduction of this tax on lottery winnings or game winnings generally, which includes betting. Well, good morning and thanks for having me. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Well, lovely. Um, my greetings to the panelists and all our, our viewers across the world. Um, it's important that I, I put it clear that our discussion this morning is around tax adequacy tax efficiency, and then the tax communication and education. Now, on tax sufficiency, you realize from the total discussion in public and on your panel right now that people think that we have sufficient taxes in the country. I mean, the tax adequacy is okay for Ghana. We have a lot of taxes. If government focuses on that, government and collects well, we would be able to run this country on the taxes that we have in place. That said, let's move to tax efficiency. 
The questions has always been from the public and on panelists, experts, and the media, the application of our tax resources and the effective transparency on the use of these tax resources. And on tax education, you realize that when the Honorable uh, Kennedy Japan spoke, he said it is free money. Yes, well, one thing I'll tell everybody on this panel and uh, on, on this discussion is that free money and hard work money, they are both taxed. Uh, Salam, you know about the gift tax, right? Mm -hmm. I yeah, do. So even money, even money that I give to you for free, I mean, if I gifted you a house, a car or anything, you have to, to pay taxes on it. That tells you the majority of Ghanaians are very, very, you know, they are, they are inadequately informed on tax issues when it comes to tax communication. So people don't even understand why the gains should be taxed. And I'll go to justification on this 10%. When you go technically, not my views, so as long as it's a gain, and when my brother, who actually is a better, uh, uh, respectfully, when he spoke, he clearly told you that it is more like his work, and he's also creating opportunities for people to make gains. So uh, ensure technically to accept that the gains is what government is targeting. So government is justified to actually take a percentage of your gain. That is what I would like to make clear. And then also to notice that the gaming industry is not new. I mean, this betting uh, uh, industry is not new, so it's been operating. The only changing things that goes on is that it's the finances have been changing. I see. So does the fact of the uncertainty of the win play any role in tax administration? So, for example, you, 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 you may not have won for the last 10 times you engaged in it. And so, you know, you've lost. You try again and then you win. Just when you win, government shows up and says, give me 10%. It is, how does that play out in tax administration? Hello? Yes, can you hear me? Uh, uh, Hello? Yes, can, can you hear me, Jeffrey? Hello? Okay, this, this is a big issue. Uh, we are coming to you live from uh, 97.3 CTFM. Um, we are trying to interrogate the matters of the betting uh, tax, the 10% betting tax. Quite a number of people don't seem happy about it. Others also think it's a way to go because once you make some winnings or earnings, government is justified in taking a portion of that for purposes of developing the country. That appears to be the, tra the trajectory uh, uh, Jeffrey Okansi was on before we, we lost him momentarily. He's back on the line. I'm Jeffrey, uh, can you hear me now? Yes. I I'm saying that... Sorry, I'm having... Yes. What, I'm actually communicating from uh, outside Accra. That's, no, that, that, that's okay. That, that's okay. We'll manage. So my yeah. question is that um, they talk about uncertainty. You don't know whether you will win or not. So you engage in this the last 10 times. You didn't win. You tried again. You won. Now, government shows up and says, yes, because you've made a win, I am entitled to 10% of that win by way of taxes. How does that right. play out in tax administration? Do we have to well, take well, cognizance of the fact that you've, you, you engaged in the last 10 times you didn't win, and just when you won, government shows up? How, how does that play out? Well, every, everybody who engages in business or activities takes a risk, you know? So if the orange seller leaves the home, as to whether he will make a sale, uh, she will make a sale or not. Well, after the Lampo people come, the levies she pays. Um, if I go to the bank to collect a loan to come and invest in my business, right at the point where I'm even taking the loan, whilst I've not even started business, that interest rate that is put over over there, the government has a share in there. So you see, it's actually an issue of you making a gain. What the argument that you take about ten times before you make a win 
it's flawed because actually you are actually not taxed when you make a loss and, and the reason is that somebody can stay for the first time and also make a very huge amount of money okay what i would i would see here is the challenges that actually this tax actually brings here you know the impact on the industry because there was very little engagement with industry there's going to be a negative impact the response from the betting companies those who bet i mean they've actually started revolting and it happened in the issue of the e-levy as well that that issue is what we have to think about we also look at communication it's important to improve on the tax communication so that people can really understand what's going on let me tell you what the other challenge that exists around this upheaval is that people think that government is not being transparent and accountable on the application of the tax resources constantly when i listen to some of the interviews you are you are doing wonderfully people are asking what you are using the money for and that becomes a, a tool for what people not trying to pay it affects compliance so that is what what also should be now let's look at another challenge the addiction you one of the panelists have mentioned addiction and i think we should look at it when people get so addicted to some of these betting options rather than the same digital space exploring the possibility of doing coding people are doing coding elsewhere outside the world and all over the place people are doing coding and other i mean profitable marketing you know initiatives on the digital space so while at it it is important to let people know that this is important to do you know so we should also look at the issue of frustrations from losses it doesn't make bring only happiness i mean people can go there when they lose continually they, they can be frustrated and they have to be managed you know so i think it's important for us to know that it's justified for government to take the the, 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 the taxes we need to look at it if if still you want me to will i be given the opportunity again, I, should, I should look at the way forward no no, no. i'll come back to you you're on the show to, to finish this segment right. so, so on, 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 on this card i think i think it's justified for government to take it but then the reasons why people are actually complaining was the issue of poor communication poor engagement with the sector players and then also looking at the fact that impressively these people should know that they should be impressed by what you are doing with the tax resources so on that if they don't see such they'll be questioning it and it affects compliance yes if people I, are not trying to comply they are questioning it because yes i i want to ask you know in, in formulating the question I, I want to ask about it in terms of morality uh, of government taxing the wins of these young people but you know talking about betting and morality in the same bracket is quite interesting but but Marcelo, you know, yes why, why are we sticking why are we sticking to young people you know i know the majority of the people are youth okay yes but, but it, it, yes the, the, it is the young people the, the angle of the young people that is generating a discussion and their view is that you have not given me jobs i've tried everything and i've identified betting use two cds five cds and i get some money to to, to eke out a living on a daily basis and now you that you fail to give me a job you have you, you you do not have the moral authority to now approach me for a 10 percent of that which i have earned on my own without your effort i mean that is the argument whether that is sound or not that is the argument or the prevailing argument on on the youth front in respect of this particular uh, well, tax well that's true um, well that's true yes and, and 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 i accept and i'm with them i share their pain but I'm saying that it's a cut-across issue that once government has not created employment, people would want to use this as an alternative. Unfortunately, a country like Ghana that has a youthful population, 
majority of our young people have been the people who are in this sector trying to make ends meet. Like my brother said, some of them go in there and even win and get their capital. Well, that's it. But I'm saying, I look at the national agenda, which focuses on production rather than taxation. So if we are looking at production, what are we going to be talking about uh, betting? Uh, is betting a very productive industry? While somebody uh, works there, it creates employment for some people. Some of debts and gets the capital from there. So you think it's a thriving uh, 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 industry. But I would compare it to other options where we can explore and make more profit for ourselves, like the agricultural industry, the construction industry, and then the tourism, which are the three most vibrant industries in Ghana. So I think, well, justification is that government has a justification to charge it because they are making gains and earnings. Their argument could be further stretched to the issue of the rates, maybe the 10%. If they are calling for a reduction, I would, I would, I would understand and, and make room that there should be a discussion around it, and then also how to make that taxation in the ten percent space progressive. What am I saying? It, it should be win, win link. So if maybe from zero cities to like ten thousand cities, there should be a percentage, or from zero cities for five thousand, there should be a percentage. From five thousand above, there should be a percentage charge. Then maybe from ten thousand above, there could be another uh, percentage. That will make it more progressive, you know, so that the progressiveness of the space, if that is what they are looking for, I'm coming with them. But well. with government, I'm saying it's also important to be, look at start removing some of the nuisance taxes. It is when the taxes are looking one too many, that's when people get aggressive and think that, look, any other tax you are bringing becomes a nuisance automatically. Very right well. Start. So, so uh, Jeffrey, I, I'll, I'll come back to you again. Uh, now, uh, Honorable, Honorable Dumaku, yes. uh, Dr. Dumakusi. Yes, so a lot of issues have been raised, but mm -hmm. what I'm hearing is that it appears government should have, there should have been a threshold. So, for example, as it was in the old law, where we, 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 we had some 2,592 uh, cities, that was, uh, you know, you only be taxed in excess of this amount. As we speak, there's no such threshold. No matter how small your winnings will be or are, government taxes you. Uh, is that not a concern, really? Because, in fact, even in, in other sectors, when you make earnings below a certain threshold, it doesn't attract tax. You know, shouldn't we have looked at it that way to make it uh, uh, more progressive and more uh, bearable for everybody? Uh, that, that argument is not bad. I mean, I think that uh, we could maybe uh, give consideration to 2,500 or 5,000. Uh, but this one uh, would, in, in the long run, uh, the pooling effect will be much greater. Mm. And, and that is why I think uh, simple things are usually much easier to uh, you know, get people to adapt. And, and when, uh, quote unquote, all of us are paying the same, I think is the most fair approach mm. for, the it, ten, it, for the 10%. Mm. Um, and, and let me uh, be very uh, clear about one thing. You can enter a Vegas hall and use about five dollars to, to, to start. Okay. So just to, to clear that out. Now I I I one, I'm not a very big time supporter of betting or gambling. Um, but but let's look at horse racing, uh, where even government takes much more. And he will say that hey, I'm comparing to the UK's. But I'm just saying that this industry of gaming and may I ask, are we saying that if even government had said he won't tax, 
and there's a new industry. Should we just not tax? Mm. And, and I made some very key arguments that over the past three years, the gaming industry is becoming bigger and bigger. And, and by virtue of good governance, you cannot sit there and let monies that can come towards the development of the nation be, be left to go because we say we shouldn't. Now, if we don't start the culture now, when this industry moves from 13 million uh, Ghana cities to about 150 billion, is that when we are going to be ready to tax them? No. We better start now that people are more interested and the volumes of gamers have increased. Mm. We better start now than we wait. And, and it is unfortunate that our culture, and I'll go back to our culture, um, uh, is not the type that has encouraged Ghanaians to be ready to pay tax. But has this culture not also been influenced by the political thinking or culture? So, for example, your tradition or your party in the opposition told us a lot of things about taxation. Taxation to production, nuisance taxes, etc. Or we can do so, we will do etc. You came in and true to your words, you, you, you cancelled some taxes, which mm -hmm. was good. But only to replace those taxes in other forms with other taxes. Now, we tax sanitation, uh, sanitary parts, which I cannot even understand because it is not a privilege for, for a lady to go through that phase. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's by virtue of the, the physiology or the biology of the person. And, and not everybody is able to pay. Now, parts are expensive. We have left the, part, the tax on that part. That, that, that's, that's a big deal. And we keep introducing taxes, increasing existing taxes, etc. But we are not seeing the, the, uh, the, the output, as in, in terms of jobs that will make people work and pay more taxes to the country, etc. So that really influences the thinking because we've been told that certain taxes are nuisance and we will scrap them, we will do away with them, and we'll move the focus from taxation to production. So when I, we come back and we're introducing more taxes, we're increasing others, it, it, what you told us is not what you are doing. Salam, there's one program I love so much on Netflix, uh, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. I have to admit, government has not curbed its excitement mm -hmm. about bold and big projects. And, and everything comes down to expenditure, expenditure, expenditure. And I must tell you today that in as much as um, I'm a member of parliament for the ruling government, I think that in, in, in all honesty, our expenditure needs to be reviewed mm. so that, you know, our, our, our interest in improving revenues, uh, you know, would be a bit, you know, uh, less aggressive. Mm. So, so that is one thing, because if you're not spending, then your need for fuel, your need for cash won't be as heavy. I mean, that is rule number one. Um, um, personally, I was happy we removed a lot of taxes, but yeah. I was troubled in the beginning when I realized that we we're taking on free SHS and all those things very early on. You know, some of us in the ruling government, even then, felt that maybe our president could have waited for a year or two, but he said, almost like, uh, you know, uh, some of our forefathers who chanted independence now. Yeah. And, and that is why then it was difficult for, to balance the books. How do you increase government services and not tax? Mm. How do you increase, uh, pro, you know, doing production and not have the revenue base? So, so this is, a, you know, a cash 2020 scenario. But let me uh, encourage Ghanaians that where I am very uh, uh, particular about and, and where I don't forgive government is, is that there should be adequate controls 
and accountability for any money is taken. Mm. And, and I am always in support of making sure that once you are increasing your tax handlers, make sure that your controls and accountability is up. Mm. And a lot of Ghanaians who I know, who I talk to on the street, who admit that they are willing to pay if they can get water to their house. Mm. They are willing to pay if electricity is on consistently. Just recently, meters have been a big deal for some places. Mm. People are willing to pay even three times the amount that ECG is taking for meters. So, so I think that the, 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 the interest to pay will be improved if we can show and tell the accountability. In as much as we are crying here, people are bequeathing a lot to churches, far more than the 10% tithing. Mm -hmm. Every Sunday, I'm a churchgoer, and I sit in church, and I see how much <laughs> is, is, is put on the table. It's more than the 10%. But that's, I mean, that's, 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 that's more so than 10%. So it's it's, 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 it's voluntary. I, I am only <laughs> saying that many Ghanaians will be willing to even pay more, except for the fact that the show and tell has not improved, mm. which we have to. And, and that is where I'm always in support of making sure that we can do more transparency. Mm -hmm. And, and in as much as I'm in governance, I believe that um, we, we need to improve on the show and tell. And let me add that gaming has come to stay with us mm -hmm. in this. But do you, do you think the timing of this tax is, is appropriate? There's never a good time to tax it. I mean, given right? the, the, the economic situation we have, Listen, you know, let uh, me let jobs, me pause it. Mm -hmm. Let me pause it that your initial submission of an mm -hmm. ailing economy mm -hmm. is a bit erroneous for the, me. The economy is not ailing? The reason why I say that is that mm -hmm. this is an industry we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And we are targeting one industry, which is gaming. Mm -hmm. And I told you that when people stayed at home during the COVID era, they were doing more Zoom mm -hmm. meetings. In fact, you know very well that Zoom made several trillions of dollars Indeed. when we were sitting at home. Mm -hmm. And in the same vein, interestingly, or ironically, the gaming industry also made far more than many industries in this country. So we are talking about if even the entire economy, the of the economy, doing well. if even the entire economy is dwindling, mm. this gaming industry Nawa, is rather you know, booming. Mm. And, and, and it is counterintuitive. You, you cannot, you, you should not exclude the fact that that industry is doing, is mm. thriving, mm. is doing well. But, but the and people, the young people, I mean, emphasis on the young people again, mm -hmm. engage in this. A lot of them say they do it because, you know, things are hard. And so that's, so they play within the context of the alien economy. Listen, um, times are hard doesn't mean I should go smoking. Mm. Times are hard doesn't mean I should engage in robbery. And let me add that, listen, no matter who you are in this country, whether you earn or you don't earn, you are a beneficiary of somebody's taxes that mm. they are paying. And, and that rule has to be acknowledged and has to be accepted and has to be appreciated. The roads you would walk onto your gaming point. And I keep saying that if the lights are not on, there's no gaming. I mean, and, and, and that is a, 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 the fact that we all have to... Listen, NAPO, uh, Honorable Energy Minister, is using tax money to keep our lights on. Mm. And it is taxes from health industry, taxes from agricultural industry, taxes from everywhere. And, and there's no man that lives on an island.
So I'll plead. Me, I'm only pleading here that our gamers, let me use the word gamers. You say they are investors. Or, and, 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 and investment is the, the yes. game of chance. Yes. Our investors into gaming should be clear about one thing that whatever industry you're in, whatever amount you earn, government will need a little to make life easier for all of us. But, but why do you think uh, we have such a huge resistance from, from, from the gamers or from, the, from that front? Why, no, why, why do you think No so? industry that I know of will beg government to come and tax them mm. or be clapping their hands for government that government is taxing them. Mm. Nobody. Listen, I've made my point here that even in prostitution in the Netherlands and Germany, government takes something mm. small and give them certificate and license to do it. And, and the, the key thing here is that even for the cottage industry, where government tax a little bit, they are not happy. Mm. So there's no one person in this world who, if they've earned money, will beg government that government, unless those who have been self-fulfilled, I mean the likes of Bill Gates, who would then bequeath even a lot of money to, 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 to society. And, and I must say that uh, maybe over time, as part of our training in this country, all of us need to appreciate the culture of supporting all of us. Whatever you do should be in support of all of us. We've believed in communal consistent farming, where in Dobois is the key thing. So I, I think that moving from the arid type of thinking, the Ndobwa type of thinking, every industry in this country should have that appreciation that whatever you're doing, you also have to contribute a little to governance. And I can give you an assurance that more and more government's accountability is improving over the years mm. uh, based on what I know per the numbers. Uh, once in a while you have bad apples, but you know, we cannot make our decisions on just the bad apples. Mm. There are many people who are working hard, you know, in many of the governmental uh, departments who are improving our lives. And, and I must say that, um, unfortunately, NHIS taxes are even ending up in other places, and it's not strictly for just health, mm. you see? So, 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 so every tax handle ends up being utilized for every uh, you know, uh, government service we have in this country. Mm. And, and I really think that he said something very key tax efficiency. Mm -hmm. Ghana is tax insufficient. Yeah. No, and, and, and that one, the NDC may choose to say different things because they're in opposition. And they but but is, it, is it a case that government is run out of ideas in terms of widening the tax net to get a lot more people into the tax net so we pay the taxes, increase the tax to GDP ratio, etc. As we speak, we are not doing Listen, pretty on that. And it's the same people who keep paying taxes. If I run ever for any powerful election mm -hmm. in the future, one of the places, and no matter what, our property taxation is and, still... And we've had this many still times, in and, and, and it's still... I, I, very it's little a, it's work a fact, and, and I must say that our property taxation is very inadequate, and, and we need to champion it and drive home that key point that when you build... If, if you are building a tricycle house, and you've not given 5% of it 
for the roads to your house. Don't clap for yourself. Mm. I mean, these are things that we need to let people know. If you are doing chamber and hall, and so, so whatever amounts you put in a chamber and hall, a there should be a percentage for the roads leading to your chamber and hall. Mm. And this should be a no-brainer. And, and I believe that, you know, uh, it all comes down to the fact that we are not pushing hard enough to let people appreciate mm. what taxes do for us. Uh, in as much as not all taxes are good for any nation, in terms of whether it's progressive or flat or whatever, I really think that today's topic, today's focus was on a gaming industry, mm -hmm. which is booming, which is thriving, which is doing well. Whether the players are have-nots or the players are multi-billionaires and billionaires, <clears throat> the key point is that the gaming industry, the industry is, doing well. is doing well and government should not sit still. I would even have a problem with government mm. if they are not taxing appropriately an industry that is booming. It's just like, you know, the, the gold and mining industry. If there's a period where they are booming, you better get your quota right so that you can help your development agenda. So in concluding, I want to let um, Osman know that in principle, we are not for over taxation. Mm. But in as much as you're in government and there's a new discovery of maybe um, another sky water, which all of a sudden people are crazy for, mm. uh, what shall we do as government? We better have a little piece of that action so that we can improve on our roads. And I keep saying this. Uh, personally, in my local area, if I can improve on police patrolling, mm. market women who leave our home very early and are, you know, attacked by robbers would stop. Mm. So if this gaming tax will ignore to the benefit of police service so that they have fuel to do more patrolling, why would I be happy? Mm. So this is how gaming will then impact on the market woman who is going to market to sell fish or plantain. Mm. So, so it, we are never necessarily disconnected. We are all connected to, to this. Traffic lights that are, you know, missing and not functioning. Very well. Gaming industry will support. Mm. Uh, street lights, gaming industry is going to support. So, so, I mean, we cannot disentangle this. Mm. And let me add that I'm always ever grateful for this government because I have one of the Agenda 111 and, and in, we are... <laughs> we are almost, uh, almost you know, about 65%. And, and, and let me say that, listen, no matter what, whether government has been good or bad, I have to appreciate what I have. That's, that's true. And, and, and because I'm, uh, you know, medical, I have a bias towards the health, health industry. Projects. That's and, fine. And, and, and I know that uh, this will come to fruition. And I will invite him mm. when we are, when are uh, uh, you know, inaugurating, inaugurating the facility. I will invite you. <laughs> So, well, so, so, so I, know, I, I, I know that invitation will never come. No, no, it will because come. Because oh. you will never complete that. No, no, it, 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 it will come. Let, let me, let me speak to, let, let me speak to uh, Dr. Kobe Boatin, president of the yeah. Ghana Association of, of Sports Betting Operators. Uh, Doc, I mean, Honorable is just told us the industry is doing very well. And once the industry is doing very well, I mean, there should be no problem with government's tax insane. You know, I, I thought that 20%. Uh, uh, GGR, you call it, or uh, the, the gross uh, gaming revenue. Uh, I, I don't know whether to say it's low or not, but I, I thought it was quite okay. Or government could have even increased that. So, what, what, which one would you prefer? Government increasing the GGR 
so that um, the, the, the gamers are left to do their work the way or to play their games the way they will play it, or gamers taxing, I mean, absorbing some of the tax so the GGR remains what it is. What, what, what to be your preference? I don't know if you get my question. Yeah, um, Salam, thank you so much. Right. Um, before I answer your question, I would like to explain uh, one or two things here. Okay. With regards to the 10% which is being deducted uh, from the winnings, this is how it works. Um, if you take, say, 100 cities and you win 150 cities, the government will then take the 100 from the 150 and that is you are left with uh, a difference, which is the actual winning. We take the investment out. And the 50 cities that you have, that is where the 10% applies. So 10% of 50 cities is five cities, and then we take five cities out of the amount which you are... No, so, clarify that again. If, if somebody stakes 100 cities, clarify that again. Right. If someone stakes 100 cities, mm. right, and he wins 150, right, we would then minus the 100 that his investment was 100 initial investment was 100 cities mm. so we we'll take the 100 cities out of the 150 that he has won that will give us a balance of 50, 50. cities okay 10 so percent will apply on the 50 cities that's five you cities. get it that is five cities so we would then take five cities out of the 150 and give him 145 cities all oh, right okay mm. so Oh, so it's not as if it's, it's, so you subtract what we will call the principal from, from everything. And it's a profit, if you like, that is taxed. It's a, it's a, it's a profit, the winnings proper, because 100 now coming back to your mm. Now, coming back to your question, right. Um, we are still in negotiation. I mean, we're still talking to the government to try to mitigate the impact of this 10%. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, to mitigate the impact of this 10% taxation on the on our uh, uh, on our customers. This is how we are also talking to the government. We are also saying that as we're moving on, the association has some kind of proposition to them. One of them is what you mentioned that we were thinking that to lessen the impact on our on our planters, uh, we could go on a little bit of increasing the GGR, which is not what we really want. Like I said to you, we run a lot of expenses, right? But if that is what will bring in an equivalent of some kind of percentage which will satisfy the government and lessen the burden on our customers, why not? So this is one of the propositions that we have made. We have also proposed that uh, instead of every bet, instead of every bet, that we are taking the 10% from, we should look at it in a model whereby we allow the panthers within a particular period to be betting within a pool so that if, uh, after they have run the betting, their money through a particular number of cycles, it is only when they are withdrawing, they decide to withdraw, then we take the 10% out of it again. Uh, 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 again, using the same formula of taking out the investment and just taxing the balance of uh, uh, that deduction 
and put the 10% on. So these are all the discussions that at the moment we are having strongly with the government. And the government is a listening government at the moment because of what is going on. So we believe that in the short interim, something is going to come out of it and then we would then uh, make it clear as to uh, 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 what is now the thing and communicate. You know, one thing, one of your panelists mentioned that there has been a lack of communication. I think that is quite essential. At the moment, the Panthers themselves don't know how this thing is working. So we as an association, together with the GRA, are coming out with a lot of um, education on this particular side of it so that we educate our people as to what it is and what is the actual deduction that is going through. Also, when it comes down to um, uh, looking at the progressiveness, this is another thing that I think originally that was what was in place until this particular act changed it. So this is something that we are also engaging the government upon, that if we can have a particular threshold um, from that, that we start deducting this thing. So finally, what I'll say is, yes, it's fair enough that increasing the GGR slightly would have been the best thing, but as I said, the government has not really uh, uh, showed that in a way. We are still in discussion, and I believe that very soon, the Panthers will realize that uh, it is not what is being said, but something positively would reflect as we move on with the coming days. Mm. Uh, early days here, though, but of course, it's just been about a week. Uh, can you say that from the numbers, you've seen any drop in terms of interest in, in, in betting? And the, and the seasons have also just started. Uh, is, is there been any movement in the numbers uh, in respect of this tax? Is that obvious to you yet? Um, um, as you said, it's really in these early days now, but I haven't spoken to some of our uh, operators. Um, as it is now, there hasn't been so much of a significant drop in the levels that we thought it was going to be. But it is in the early days now. People have not grabbed the concept of what is going. The education has not really sunk in. Yes, of course. So I think when we start educating them, when we start moving on, giving ourselves a little bit of time, then the, the scene will become uh, uh, quite clear as to what impact it has generated. Because most of these things, probably in the beginning, you will not see it. But as money is being taken and the pockets are dwindling, then the effect starts caving in. And as you said, it's the beginning of the uh, season. So the excitement is there, uh, and people are still coming into the industry and betting. So there are so many factors that are here that we need to take consideration of. So we will just, will just bear with us. But at the moment, we haven't seen any sort of significant impact. But as I said, we need to wait and see. Right? Very well. And yes, go ahead. Right. What I'm going to say to our dear Panthers is that um, the association is working very, very, very hard. We understand the situation which they find themselves under. It is not a situation that we are happy with and uh, we are happy with, but it is a policy. And as one of your panelists also said, the government will always expect that if an industry is gaining momentum, something has to be paid. But it's in the direction of the Panthers that we are carefully looking at it. And I think um, the committee which we are engaged with are also a listening committee. 
uh, and um, I believe strongly that within the coming months or so, uh, something different would be looked at and probably practiced. You know, so that is where we are looking at, right? So Very well. Very well. Thanks so much, uh, Dr. Kobe Boating, President of the Ghana Association of Sports Betting uh, Operators, for, for bringing some clarity. Of course, so uh, and on the way forward, he thinks that there should be more engagement. Uh, he thinks that maybe a possible readjustment upwards of the GGR, the, uh, the gross gaming revenue, which currently is at 20%, uh, could be looked at whilst the gamers or the the betters uh, are allowed to do their, their betting the way it used to be or it was. And also, the matter of the threshold, <laughs> that is also something he thinks uh, we should be looking at, I mean, government should be looking at. I interesting. Uh, let, let, me, let me speak to, um, to, to Clinton. I, I'll come to Osman that will deal with the statement and all of that. Uh, Clinton, Leo Mo GH. Uh, uh, yeah, so the understanding from Dr. Boatin is that it is just your profit that is taxed. So if you, uh, you stake 100 CDs and you won 150, it's just 50 CDs that will be taxed. That, that makes sense, doesn't it? Just 50% will be taxed. That, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's the same thing in business. And to also address your okay. concern, uh, it's, it's business. You can lose, you can gain. If you lose, you don't pay, you don't pay tax. But if you gain, you pay tax. So it's a normal you know, business you know, relationship with government that, that you are also experiencing. Is that not the case? No. Some, some are also being taxed um, the moment you withdraw. So I've seen people, I've seen people who put thousands of cities into their bet account and at the moment they, they want to withdraw, they are, be, they are being taxed. Let, 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 let me understand that. You put, uh, ten, you put let's say, thousands of cities you, into let's your say, Let's say you, you make account. a deposit. You make a deposit. You mm -hmm. haven't staked any bet yet. And you are like, oh, okay, I made a deposit. I want to withdraw my money back. When you want to withdraw, you have to pay tax. So that, what you are saying is a fact. Is, is, is Dr. Barton still on the line, please? Doc, if you yes. are there, can you address this? That I put, I know there are apps we use. So I put a thousand cities in my betting app, hoping to bet with mm -hmm. it. Something comes up. Yeah. I need the money to do something else. I don't get to bet again. I want to withdraw that mm -hmm. money and use it for something else outside betting. Would the withholding tax apply to that? Will you withhold the tax? Because I've not, I've not done the betting. Right. Um, you see, the, because of the policy of money laundering, I think most of the betting operators have something in there that once you deposit money and you don't stick bet, you cannot directly take the money out. And I think a majority of our operators are in that kind of books. So uh, it is news to me um, what the gentleman is saying that you put in money and you are taking out. No, no company will do that. And it's something that needs to be looked at. You know, as I said, we are just in the beginning and we've created a, a wall room which we are monitoring all these, uh, every company, how they are deducting and all those kind of things to make sure that we conform to the same rules and the same policies. So this is something we can look into it. But what I would say, and emphasize upon is that when it you if you put money in and you want to withdraw that money out about 30 percent of the operators will not allow that we have had a negotiation with um, financial FISD to stop this money laundering stuff so that is something we have to I wouldn't say I don't know that particular situation that he spoke he's talking about 
I will need to talk to him after this program so that we look at it. But no, we will never tax something that has not you have not betted with. I see. That, that's interesting. So I, I think uh, it will be an important. Uh, 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 it will be important for you to find out so we clarify that maybe a bit later. All right, so, so Clinton, so, so back to you. Uh, so that you have that clarity, he'll find out more, and I'm sure the, 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 the community will, will get to know what the result is with time. So yes, 10% uh, of the profit, that is not too much. It's too much. How much of, of it's it? It's so too much. Yeah, what percentage do you think government should be taking? The government insists. On taking there the shouldn't be any tax. There shouldn't be any tax on betters. You have to tax the company. You have to ta because, like, it's like it's like telling me, okay, someone on TikTok is also making money from TikTok. Why don't you tag the person? Someone on Twitter is also making money from Twitter. So will you tag the person? Facebook, will you tag the person? WhatsApp, will you tag the person? It's the same thing. But there, there's some the taxation. Same. There's some taxation around that as well. Digital uh, advertisement and all of that. There's some taxation around that. Yes, so you don't have to tax the betters. You have to tax the company. We, the betters, are not supposed to be taxed. Uh, I see. And then, and then I heard, and then I heard, um, doctor also saying something like, um, betting is destroying the youth. So, um, with tax, um, a number of people are going to stop betting. Okay, so there are two doctors quite, in the quite, show. I, I'm sure you're referring to Dr. Adomako Kisi, who is in the studio. Yes, yes I think the, the point yes. really is that. There are some endeavors, there are some things when you engage in, the long-term effects sometimes are disruptive, like drinking alcohol, uh, mm -hmm. smoking, etc. Mm -hmm. So taxes are mm -hmm. imposed on those activities or those things. Mm -hmm. We call them mm -hmm. sin taxes. What he's seeking to mm -hmm. say is that, or he's seeking to rope in betting as one of those things, that betting itself could be addictive. If you get addicted, it becomes a problem. Doctors or the medical system... Yeah. Or the health system, public health system, must sort you out or must deal with you. That is a social good provided by the state, and the state needs money to do that. Where does the money come from? A portion of that money must come from the industry. The same way, alcohol companies, tobacco companies are taxed, so that that money is used to deal with some of those matters. So that is the same thing he is trying to say. It's a general principle in business or taxation or even in law. If, if he says that, if he says that, I don't agree with him because um, going into betting is like going into business. Maybe you want you want to start you want to start a business. If you don't have knowledge about it and then you go into it, you, you can't compare like you can't compare that of betting to that of tobacco and then alcohol. It doesn't make sense. Excuse me to say because um, you take in tobacco like uh, it, it eventually destroys your heart. Mm -hmm. When you are going to Burton, for example, people who follow me, I tell them, I, 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 I do advise them, you don't have to bet more than you can afford to lose. Any money you bet, make sure you can easily dash that money to someone. You have to withdraw 10% of every profit you make. You understand? Mm -hmm. You don't have to bet more than 10% of the money in your bet account. So I do give all this um, education to my followers. So if you generalize it and then you make it look like betting is um, destroying the youth or something. So um, tax is being imposed for people to stop betting or to limit the number of people into betting. Then I, I don't I don't buy that. But you also do you also agree that betting makes the youth lazy. 
No, he, he, no, no he, he didn't say that. But somebody else has. Indeed, the majority leader of parliament said that betting yeah. makes the youth lazy. So it's How important to tax that to discourage them from doing it. For example, you have to go and work. You are not working. You are sitting in your room on your phone. I'm or, not working. I'm dinner. sitting in my room. Yes, I'm not working. I'm sitting in my room. Um, if I, if I, if I, I have. No, this is not coming from me. Because it's a disclaimer <laughs> in the studio. So it's also coming from me. It's coming from the majority leader. He says betting is lazy. So you tax it. I have an office. To, yes. I have an office. I have an office here. I have an office here. Mm -hmm. I have an office here. So, so, so that's a betting office you are showing us. This is my house. It's this a mansion. Okay. I built from bed. I see. Yeah. I, see. I built the from bed. The GRA will come after you. Whenever, whenever I want to do analysis, I come here. Whenever I want to do analysis, I come here. This room is just for analysis. I sit on this chair. I'll, I'll, place, I'll place my laptop, I'll place my laptop, my iPad, my everything, and then I switch this tv on i own my ac it's like i'm in the office i have to put pen on paper i hope you get me i yes, have I to put you. pen on paper with everything that i'm doing because at the end of the day i'll give the bet to people who are waiting for low mode to drop written tips or bet codes for them to make money from it you understand mm -hmm. so if you say that that's a lazy job i work 24 7. maybe someone goes to work in the morning and close uh, around four i don't do that i work 24 7. so how how is that how can that be described as being lazy how about your, how about your followers to... how about your followers who just wait for you to drop the tips yeah. they, they, they just... my... no listen listen if we all have if you if you all have something like that it's not just my followers my followers aren't lazy because i know people who work at adonko i know some mps i know some pastors <laughs> that i give them out I'm not supposed to mention names. I know a lot of big people that will call me and be like, oh, uh, Lomo, it's weekend. Charlie Oates, Biana. Then oh, I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not done. Uh, give me two hours. I'll give you us. Pastors, people who are, who are having their companies and then all that. I'm planning to set up my own company, uh, hopefully before end of the year or early next year. That will come from Burton. I'm going to employ people as well. So how can you describe betting as being a lazy something i i see I don't uh, yes i hope you understand you said there's a lot of hard work in it you call something poison analysis and all of that i don't know what that is but let, let me let me just yeah. so for what? example for, for example i know yes arsenal plays uh, uh crystal palace on monday night yeah uh, <laughs> i have a way i think the, the the match would go maybe i think arsenal will win that's just my thinking. Yeah. And so when I go and stick based yeah, on that, just think. Yeah. yes, when, yeah. I, when I go and stick based on that and I win, what was the hard work in that? What's the calculation in that? You would think, no, you would think because it's not your, it's, it's not what you are into. Mm. So you would think with that, that's an assumption. You are assuming, you are just making a guess. Mm. And, and, and we, 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 that, we, that, we, that are into, into better. And we will make, we will make like analysis. We will work on, uh, matches based on Arsenal's last six games, the number of goals scored, the number of goals conceded. So we we'll find probability of 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 the uh, of the outcome, and then we will be able to tell that okay, there will be three goals in the game, there will be four goals in the game, there will be six goals in the game, there will be this total number of yellow cards, there will, there won't be this number of fouls in the game because that that's my work, that's what I do. It's different from someone just. Uh, picking his phone and be like, oh, Man City win. 
mind you, when buy and when those people aren't making a fortune from betting because you are just guessing the chances of it not happening it's 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 way higher than it's happening because even we that put pen on paper we still we still have our flaws mm, i see so so football they are playing the game but you guys have calculated it and you are making money from it mm -hmm. wow i i see but not not to put you on the spot but what's what's the highest somebody you have helped as one from this they're the highest from better yes I, I won't say you but i don't mind if you, you tell me what say, you have no i mean somebody you have people, helped in your group i think people make i think people make uh, twenty thousand thirty thousand forty thousand some of some some people are having land because of me from betting mm. i see um oh. thanks so much just the osman here was odds so maybe <laughs> after the show you, you you will call him and give him some odds so so, so he can also benefit and then the reason why I don't buy, the reason why I don't buy into this ten percent taxes, maybe you will look at the people that are making good sums of money. Because I have my other brothers on Twitter who are also doing a good job, like Nok, for instance. He's he's doing very very well. He's always feeding his followers good odds and then all that. We are all together. We are all pushing uh, to help people. And then with this ten percent, now there is someone somewhere in the village someone somewhere in the city who isn't having any job maybe someone in the ghetto maybe that person will get like 20 cities 30 cities and at the end of the day uh that person will be like oh Lomo, you've dropped this us how much should i stake i'll be like okay stick uh 10 cities he stayed 10 cities he win 100 cities and then you tell me that uh, that person should pay um 10 percent Meanwhile, you're already taking tax from the company. It's an online. It's not like maybe I walk, I walk to the mall to buy something and then I'm supposed to pay tax. It's an online. I just take my phone. He was mentioning something like if, uh, if the electricity goes off right now, how will you be able to take your bet? What does electricity got to do with me taking my bet? Because I just take my phone, I log into my you will charge your phone. You will charge your phone with electricity. Yes, because me in my house, I have plants. So, like, how can you tell me that uh, I need electricity to take beds? If, if but, electricity goes off, I'll still take my bed. I, I see. I, I get it. All right. Thanks so yeah, much. Yeah, I'll still take my bed. Th th thanks so much. Leo Moji. Yes. Back, so. <laughs> thanks so much. Leo Moji. That, that's, that's really yeah, an eye opener. If yes. electricity goes off in Ghana, Manchester will still, we'll still play. play. It will not stop the match from happening. It will not stop the match from happening. So this argument, I side with Leo Moji. And, you know, on this matter, I'm with the masses. And the masses are with us. Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey Kansi, uh, very interesting. I mean, I, I, I didn't know all of this uh, as uh, 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 Lomo GH has just educated me. Uh, so putting all their concerns together, uh, what will you say is a way forward for government? Obviously, a lot of people are engaged in this. A lot of people see this as their means of livelihood. And you have said to us that government is justified in taxing this. What is a way forward? Is your threshold uh, more engagement, uh, increasing the GGR? What should be the way forward? Salam, I have really enjoyed myself on this morning's platform. <laughs> Your, this discussion, please, on a lighter note, sum up this discussion and present to the GRA. Just sum up this our discussion this morning and give it to the GRA. 
and it will be the way forward. And I'll tell you why. When I mentioned the issue of improving education on the betting tax, you clearly could see from my dear brother's contribution that he had issues with the fact that he was operating online and he was being taxed. That is what we, over time, we did some program with TTFM, you remember, on the tax issues yes. when we had a program running supported by Oxfam on, on, on tax issues. This tax dialogues we were doing was on educating people on what the taxes are, how much they should pay, why they should pay, and then showcase to them what you are using it for. Moving forward, clearly, it's been said on this platform and we should accept that there is more to be done on tax education. You see, what he likened to the doing business on the online, he actually has said to me that he sits down, he has an office of operation, he actually puts in an airport, like the way people do coding. I can liken that to code, coding, where they, they have something doing and their calculations and everything else. That is where it becomes a job for somebody like he justified. And that is why the gains from it should be taxed. Now let's move to the next level where I think while at it, instead of saying that I'm discouraging them, I'll talk about creating an alternative space where I would like to see them move into a producing uh, 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 industry. I would like to earmark the gains, what the government is taxing now, the 10%. I would like to earmark it on the fund. I mean, the proceeds from the 10% tax should go into training, uh, skills training. So the skills training fund should receive, if, if not 80%, maybe 100% of the whole total 10%. To create that pool of work and employment where we have an industrial park also created and then some startup funds given to the youth fund this fund to ensure that we have an alternative growing industry to be querying or, or putting down you know the numbers that are going to the the, 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 the industry of betting now we should also um, embark on uh, uh, sensitize people on the the, the, the issues of the, the digital space the opportunities that exist there like online marketing like coding and so that we sure we ensure that most of these young people would go in there and do good business. Let's also sensitize them on the dangers of, 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 of betting. Like he's saying, he didn't even agree on the dangers, but I will tell him about one, frustration. The frustration that comes with losing, when you lose, the frustrations alone, mm. that also affects the health of people. It becomes a danger against your health. Now, when you look at the other one we are talking about, the addiction, also becomes a problem. The addiction has cost people even their jobs. And you know, studies and research should go into it to share some information with my brother. Now, one of the problems that government should look at moving forward is to improve accountability and transparency on the use of the, the taxes. People are still questioning, what are you using the money for? What are some of the things people are seeing? That has become the problem. The people are seeing that the tax resources are, are being used and then we are making losses. Bank of Ghana using 131 million cities to maintain vehicles. When people hear all these, they think you are misapplying their tax resources. Let me talk to you about the Saglami project. When Saglami is sitting down almost completed, and you leave that one, and you proceed to another start, which might not totally end, then people think you are not using their tax resources well. <clears throat> there is importance of holding a stakeholder engagement. Direct the, those who are directly involved, like the pet companies, like my, my, my senior doctor said, we need to engage them. Some of them don't even know how to apply some of these things that uh, they are expected to do. He speaks of the fact that the uh, DRA and themselves are doing something. There is the need to go ahead and ensure that the people understand it well, you know, and possibly discuss issues, flagging the first one being the rate being charged. Let us look at making it more progressive. 
such that maybe from a thousand cities, from a zero city to a thousand cities, they are the very, very low, low persons who are making profit on, on it. You charge less, maybe about three or five percent. Then progressively, when you go to a place like three thousand cities, then you charge another amount. Then maybe from five thousand upwards, you can apply the ten percent. This is something you should look. Mm -hmm. Another issue that comes up comes with tax burden. While acknowledging that it's critical that government should get taxes, when the taxes become adequate and you are adding more, people become so so pressed that any other tax you talk about, they would not agree. And that is where we are right now. So it would have been better. Whilst I'm hearing the add-on of the 10% tax, I also am hearing the removal of a nuisance tax like COVID-19 levy. Mm. That will encourage people to see that you are taking some off and you are adding some, but Very it's important. Once you are taking, you are using them well. Mm. Look, let's also explore the possibility of looking straight into our national agenda. What is the national agenda? The national agenda looks straightly into production and know what taxation. So let's accelerate the effort and invest the returns that we are getting from our taxes that we have collected in the three most vibrant areas that we working with the ILO on, on some projects I got to know, like tourism industry, agrit industry, and the construction industry. These are the three most vibrant industries that can employ a lot of the Ghanaian youth. Okay, all right. As we speak. Yes. Now, stepping down, I think it is important. I think it's important for government to accelerate efforts at collection. Finish with you. Okay. Some of the existing, when, when I talk about the tax adequacy, some of the existing areas are not, we are not fully collected. Mm. For example, property rates, rent taxes. Let me tell you what, my dear brother. These two taxes alone, if we collect well, it will help us. One other sector of the economy that I've always spoken about is the night and dawn economy. Recently, the TMA mentioned that when they, they focused on, on the night economy, they realized that people were making business and they, they started doing good collections over there. Look, persons who are cutting goods from the hinterland are bringing west, west of our 60 or 70,000 cities. Very they well. are to the small city If you do not go and take taxes there, you are losing money during the night and the day. Let's make tax communication very important. You know, the questions that he's asking, well. mm. I'll you just not sell them. Yeah. Why is it that people are freely and willfully complying and paying tax, but they have issues with paying what? Taxes. And Honorable, Honorable Rodney said that when he went to church, the, the, the contributions there are enormous. Yes, because people understand the tithes and they see what the tithes are being used for. When I go to church after Kofia and Ama, the account is there down there, Honorable. And that makes me build some trust. And I see, you see what you see? I see the church developing. I see the environment of the church. I see welfare donations to members. That is what gives people the impetus and the energy to contribute tithes. And then the same people, the same group of people, the same market woman I see in that forest to go and give contributions to the pastors. When you come talk about taxes, they flare at you. Because why? Because the next thing they see is the poor application of their tax resources. Right. They are seeing the dig of pit, which the money is being used for a cathedral. But they look at it and they say, no, it's a good project. But the timing was poor. Mm. I see. And then, and then mm. finally, I think it should reduce corruption, the waste. Because I'll tell you, as I conclude with this statement, Ghana is not a poor country. Sell them any day. You know me, way back from the University of Cape Coast. <laughs> way back from, way back from <laughs> Yes, 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 fellow Castodian. You know what? We said what? Truth and what? Courage. You remember yes, that? Yes, yes, I remember that. And the truth has given me the courage to tell you this morning, without fear or favor, that every Ghanaian should know this, that Ghana is not a poor country, we are only a poorly managed country. Very well. We have all the resources, we have gold, diamond, and everything. All we need to do is to connect our human resource 
to our, our skills training and connect that one to the, 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 the natural resources we have. Thank you. Transparency, accountability, and communication on our resources. And come together as a country, have a stakeholder meeting on some of these taxes and issues around the economy, and make sure we have one common voice. Thank you. Build this land. Make God bless our homeland, Ghana. And make us great and strong. Thanks so much, Jeffrey Okanse, member of the Tax Justice Coalition. Thanks so much for joining the discussion this morning. I'll take a short break. I'll come back and take the concluding comments from Osman Ayariga and deal with the matter of the statement they've issued and all they want to do in a space of five to seven minutes. Then we'll progress the discussion to the next topic. I also have your text messages here. I'll read, then we'll make progress. This is the big issue. Don't go away. All right, you welcome back to the big issue. Um, we are on 97.3 CTFM. We are on TV. We are on Facebook and uh, YouTube as well. We are discussing the matter of the 10% tax on bet winnings and lotteries, etc. The betting, the, the, they call themselves investors, so the gamers are not happy with it. They think the tax should have been channeled elsewhere. And as we just heard from one of our panelists, uh, it's, it's a big industry. And, and they think that government is not dealing with this well. Um, a lot of them say they are unemployed and they use uh, bet winnings as a means of uh, survival. Uh, another panelist, Jeffrey Okansi, thinks that once you've made some revenue from the government is justified in, in taxing that. Uh, Honorable Member of Parliament for Anyasu thinks uh, that government needs money from those sources to build the roads, the fiber optic network, and everything that the betting guys use in doing their business. So it's fair deal. Uh, however, Osman uh, thinks that uh, it is a non-starter. The government has not provided jobs for the people. Government should concern itself with thinking and getting jobs for the people. When they have jobs, you can tax them. Uh, Dr. Boating, who is uh, president of the betting operators, sports betting operators, think uh, that uh, there should be more engagement and that a threshold, there should be a threshold. In the old law, there was a threshold. In this law, there's no threshold. And a few other things he said. Let me conclude with Osman. Osman, um, so now you, you are making a call on the young people to rise and fight this. I mean, you said that in the coming days, you occupy government offices across the country. You are starting and you are scaling up a nationwide conventional and unconventional lawful agitation as a measure of resistance to this uh, tax. Is this not putting too much in, in, into one thing? It's just a tax. They make money. Government justifiably wants to tax him and help other sectors. Is, is, that, is that not too much you, you are putting at this? Yeah, Salon, before I even go to our statement and the demonstrations we plan on doing, I just want to state some disagreements with the position of Dr. Boatin and also Okansi. Mm -hmm. You see, whenever there's an introduction of a tax, the Commissioner General issues what they call the practice notes. Mm -hmm. and that's supposed to guide everyone as to how the tax is supposed to be implemented. Mm -hmm. Now, in this particular tax, or this very um, bet tax, the practice note was issued on the, 10th, on the 19th of June, mm -hmm. 2023. And I know he will know this document. So if you go down to bullets point one point um, 0.7, it says that withholding tax on gross winnings from lottery. Mm. A resident person who pays an amount from a source in Ghana as winnings to a panther player wager through lottery operations must withhold tax from the gross winnings rates at 10 percent. So it's so, gross. So it's gross. Yes, the document here says it's gross. So I don't know at what point 
did they move from this document? Unless there is a new document after this one, or unless, of course, maybe because of some uh, reaction, they decided to make it late. But per the document coming from GRA, you can Google this on the GRA website, coming from GRA, coming from the Commissioner General, it's 10% on the gross. Mm. So it's not 10% on the net. net. So that is also our first um, difficulty. The second thing has to do with Okanse saying that once you earn money, you must be taxed. Don't forget that even the betting companies are taxed based on their profits. Mm. And whenever a betting company even makes losses this month, it is allowed to carry forward that loss to the next month, deduct it from its profit, and pay a tax only on the profit. Now, let's say I am a better. I bet 500 cities today. I bet another 500 cities tomorrow. I don't win. I bet another 500 cities. I don't win. I bet another 500 cities. I don't win. So I have lost 2,000 Ghana cities. Now, I bet 500 cities the next day again, and I win 1,000 cities. You are now coming to tax that thousand cities. Have you considered the losses I have made? Mm. You get my point. Have you considered the losses I have made? Mean that you are not considering the losses I have made as a person mm. and as a person who you should be treated as a company. But you're only interested in the one off win that I have made. So this is unfair. This is very wicked. Because if a foreign company, which is in the betting company, is allowed to deduct its expenditure, allowed to deduct its losses, and pay only on the profit, and I, the youth, who is trying to make ends meet, who is trying to survive, I am not allowed to also deduct my losses, and you only come in to deduct the percentage from just a one-off win. That is a lazy approach to this whole issue. Mm -hmm. So if it were that every individual was profiled, then, you know, Jerry is able to compute and know that, okay, you've made this amount of losses, you made this amount of profit, then we can deduct from the profit. That will make sense. Otherwise, this one-off 10% on people's um, uh, wins, wins. It's, 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 it's just a lazy approach to taxation and taxing yeah. people. Mm -hmm. Now, I'd want to also bring in this whole arguments about addiction and morality please 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 tell us you don't agree betting is addictive let's 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 be serious in this country we have many more addictions we have to take care of in this country even so far as the npp government is concerned we have the addiction for corruption <laughs> we have addiction for lies we have addiction for deception, no, we have addiction for stealing, we have addiction for lawlessness, and we have the addiction for people even keeping monies, huge sums, foreign currency <laughs> in their rooms. These are the kind of addictions we should be talking about. I not see. people trying to survive, not young people <laughs> trying to make a living. These are the immoral issues we should be talking about. We, 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 the youth, we cannot I've, take I've any moral... We cannot everything take, to gambling no, no, today. We will not take any moral lesson from the MPP. The MPP Vero, is you, you in the wrong position the to give us any moral Do with more on that roadmap for the statement. Now, yes, with the statement, we are stated clearly mm. that we are against the tax. Mm. No engagement. You, you, will not, you don't want any engagement on we it. Don't, we are not trapped. looking for any deduction or any, you know, balance. We are against the tax outright. Mm. Mm. Because this is not the time for more taxation. Mm. We are already choking with taxes. We are dying with taxes. And at the end of the day, we do not even see what the taxes are being used this for. Aside from the fact that it's ending up in the pockets of corrupt government officials in the MPP. Mm. We will not accept this tax. It is non-negotiable. And that is the position, not just of the NDC youth, but it is the position of every Ghanaian youth. You may think that because it's coming from the NDC, it is the position of the NDC. No. 
MPP youth are even more disappointed in their government than the NDC. Because of course, they were expecting so the, much. The they were expecting so much. We knew, we knew that this MPP government had nothing to offer Ghanaians. Mm. The greatest gamble, which we all should be sad, the greatest gamble that the youth of this country ever undertook was to try this MPP government. Mm. And today they are regretting for that gamble. That is the kind of gambling we should stop ever trying this MPP government. So we have stated emphatically that we will embark on series of actions. The first of it is going to be the picketing. And we'll picket at the Ministry of Finance and some government officials that we know are in charge of this whole industry. Mm. Then from there, we'll move into a full-scale demonstration within some cities in the country. We'll have a nationwide demonstration. So we side with the youth, we understand the suffering of the youth, we associate ourselves with the suffering of the youth, and we are here to fight for them. We are here to fight for the people who are able to fight this government. So mind you, it is not just an NDC. I keep making and stressing on this point. It is not just an NDC it's position. A youth thing. It is a youth movement. Mm -hmm. And I am disappointed that even the MPP youth organizer hasn't joined this call for us to fight their government. Because there's nothing wrong fighting your government. Because it is something that even the MPP youth are suffering. Mm. So we will move from step to step. Very soon we will announce the dates mm. and the timelines and the venue as to where, when, how we are going to go now, to about say you instigate young people to confront officials of this government, that, that, is, that is quite, that's quite harsh. But Selom, sitting here, I've been instigated and I'm confronting government officials. Am I not? Mm. But you think no, all the people will understand? Am I yes. not? So that's in one sense. Yes. You so think I, all your I, members I, 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 I am, will I'm understand this him. in this sense? I am confronting him. That yes, is, that I understand is that. It. But given how it's instated... If you read the whole mm. statement and you contextualize it, you realize, you see that even when we go to demonstrate, we, we spoke about lawful. Mm. So there's nothing unlawful about it. So you should I understand see. that everything we are going to do will be is lawful. going to be lawful. And, so and, and I sit you will here, be able I'm to rein in your members. You will yes. be able to rein them yes. in so they yes. remain within the confines of the law. Yes. Very but well. I will make sure that we will not have some intruders from the MPP just come to cause me. But we've seen demonstrations where we have some, you know, individuals just trying to come in to foment, torment some trouble so that they can say that, oh, it's the NDC that is doing. So we'll whip everybody in line. Mm -hmm. So the instigation there, as I'm saying, I am seated here. I've been instigated. I am demanding answers. I'm confronting them. And I'm doing it very well. Mm -hmm. And that is how we are very going well. to go. Very it doesn't well. mean we are going out there to confront people, you know, beat people, etc., etc. In, in fact... In fact, it is we who are actually calming the nest mm. of the youth, not attacking people. Otherwise, my senior brother here, he will be driving in his no, car. He's, he's a young he, man. Oh, he's a senior youth. He's not a junior youth. <laughs> Otherwise, my brother here one day will be driving within his constituency, and the youth will stop him and start demanding answers. They will start see. attacking them. So you see, it is it is not. And it is not an easy thing. Very well. Neither we shouldn't look at it as though it's just an NDC Very well. approach. Very well. But we should look at it as though it's a national security concern. It's mm. a national security issue. Very well. So that we do not Thanks have so the youth out there fighting and attacking people. Thank so you, we should all beware. My brother. Let me take a few beware. of your messages that have come up on this matter. My name is Daniel from Daniel from Athena. The introduction of the betting tax will widen the tax net or the tax span, you see. 
uh, that's increasing the re revenue to government for development. But I think the rates should be reduced to 5%. That's from Daniel in Athena. Uh, Adamu Francis Biggie from Tatalin in Northern Region says, uh, Good morning to you and to my workaholic and most visible deputy youth organizer, uh, uh, the show working commander. Okay, so that's you. Mr. Host, uh, this government is known to be insensitive, but to the extent of taxing earnings from betting is the most uh, is, is the most is, is the laziest approach ever. <laughs> the government should stop the corruption and wasteful expenses so that can save money. Uh, this one says, Good morning, the big issue. We know that the developed countries use tax revenue to develop, to develop, but can the same be said of Ghana? When we pay tax, is the government really using the tax proceeds for the intended purposes? The youth and Ghanaians in general have lost interest and trust in our political leaders because of their dishonesty to Ghanaians. Uh, when the government sets its priorities right in the usage of revenue, Ghanaians wouldn't have a problem paying tax. Hardship and unemployment all over the place. This is from Fidelis in Accra. Can you go to the bank and take loan for intention to go and bet? Why is he comparing that to anyone who can walk into the bank and use a tomato, onion, or farming business to take bets? Okay, I don't know who is it. can I don't know who who said this is. Who this comment is directed to? Uh, Aban Clinton Amwa from Adenta says the argument of the government in the justification of the ten percent taxation on bets winning is a non-starter and an indication of failure on the part of government. Uh, in, if indeed the 10% is to be a disincentive to discourage young people from betting, why don't they then abolish the game betting industry? Uh, yes, that, that, that's what you say. Um, this one from Facebook. Um, Ken from Ajay Kojo Sang City Hotel says, uh, Good morning, CTFM. Uh, Clinton is not being truthful to himself by saying that betting is not addictive. Even the betting companies in their adverse say that betting can be addictive. What does Clinton have to say about uh, that? A few of your tweets, which have, which have also come through, Foster says, how about the government start taxing churches that have over 200 member congregation? If we tax anything monetary in this, uh, they should be taxed also. Churches in this country overshadow schools. Well, that's what uh, he has also uh, brought in. Uh, this is the big issue. Uh, we will take a short break, return, and then go to the discussion on the Electoral Commission and registration. I want to thank my guest for this segment of the program, Dr. Kobe Boating, President, Ghana Association of Sports Betting Operators, um, Osman Ayariga, who is on the next panel, uh, Dr. Dixon Adumahok is on the next panel as well, Jeffrey Kansi, uh, fellow Casquidian, thanks so much for your time this morning, member of the Tax Justice Coalition, and Clinton, Lil Mo GH, Sports Better. I think after this show, you should contact Osman and uh, give him some, some odds <laughs> so that he, he can also uh, be, be happy. Uh, we'll be right back and then continue the discussion. Yeah, welcome back to the big issue. Move to the next segment of the program. Uh, we're looking at the voters register. The EC this week held a press conference to announce its uh, next uh, uh, couple of steps in respect of the voters register, the Dresden Assembly elections, etc. want to look at that briefly. Uh, and so my guest on this segment of the show will be Dr. Kojo Asante, Director of Advocacy and Policy Engagement at the CDD, Dr. Dixon Adumahukisi, MP for Anya Sotum, and Osman Ayariga, Deputy Youth Organizer of the National Democratic Congress. Now, to provide you some ups, uh, updates, the chairperson of Ghana's Electoral Commission, Jane Mensah, has insisted that the electoral body's proposed constitutional instrument seeking to make the Ghana card the sole voter registration document is not aimed at disenfranchising Ghanaians. 
Uh, speaking to the media at the EC's head office on Friday, uh, Jane Mens have disclosed that the commission is not interested in continuing the Garanta system, which is said has outlived its usefulness. Hence, the decision to adopt the Ghana card as the sole identification document to vote. Jane Mens have further explained that the use of the Ghana card is the surest way to ensure the integrity of Ghana's electoral role. She argued that the proposed CI currently uh, to be considered by Parliament was inspired by the Commission's determination to, quote, conduct credible, transparent, fair, and peaceful elections, end of quote, which was born out of the flaws the Commission encountered during the registration period in 2020. The EC announced the registration onto the voters' register will begin from September 12 to October 2, 2023. There is more in this report. Rejected the constitutional instrument proposed by the Electoral Commission in March this year. This instrument aimed to establish the Ghana card as the sole registration document for voting purposes. As a response, the Electoral Commission organized a press briefing under the theme, Let the Citizen Know. During this briefing, the Commission questioned the legislative instrument utilized by Parliament, which involves the use of the Garanta system to identify Ghanaian citizens. The Commission deemed this approach inherently flawed and challenged. Why should we continue to use the Garanta system, which opens the door to corrupt and illegal practices and undermines the credibility of our register some 30 years after it was first introduced? And especially now, when nearly 18 million Ghanaians above the age of 18, 15 years have the Ghana card. How can we continue to rely on the Garanta system to identify a citizen? Sorry, how can we continue to, to rely on the Garanta system to identify who a citizen is when Parliament has by itself passed a legislative instrument which states that for the purpose of identification of a citizen of Ghana, the Ghana card will be the sole document to be relied upon? And here, permit me to quote Regulation 7.1 of LI 2111, which states that a, na a national identity card issued to an individual shall be used for a number of transactions where identification is required. One of the mandatory transactions stated in Regulation 7.1 is the registration of voters. It is therefore unfortunate that after making and passing a law that established the Ghana card as a sole means of identification of a citizen, we are by ourselves at undermining the very law that we have made. EC Chairperson Jin Mensah lamented over the delays in the issuance of Ghana card by the National Identification Authority. Insufficient resources were cited as the primary reason for the delay. Consequently, the Electoral Commission found itself compelled to rely on the current constitutional instrument due to these constraints. As a commission, we find it unfortunate that our efforts to strengthen the credibility and integrity of our voters' register, and by extension, our elections, by the introduction of the draft CI, did not receive the support of Parliament. Members of Parliament were of the view that the NIA should fully operationalizes mandate before the CI could be considered. Sadly, as we all know, the NIA has not fully commenced its operations nationwide 
due to a lack of resources. That leaves us with no option than to rely on the current CEI with its inherent challenges to conduct a voters registration exercise until such time as the NIA will become fully operational. Jim Mensah also announced crucial information during the briefing. The upcoming voters registration process is scheduled to commence on Tuesday, September 12th and conclude on Monday, October 2, 2023, including weekends. The registration will be conducted across all 268 district offices, targeting eligible voters who could not register during the 2020 registration process. This one's to Regulation 2.1 of the Public Elections Registration of Voters Regulations, CI 2016, CI 91, as amended by CI 126. The Electoral Commission will embark on a voters registration exercise in all the 268 district offices of the Commission. The registration exercise will commence on Tuesday, the 12th of September, 2023, and end on Monday, the 2nd of October, 2023. The exercise will be held between the hours of 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. each day including Saturdays and Sundays. It was also revealed that the district-level elections are set to take place on Tuesday, December 19, 2023. This election date applies to most districts except for in Kwanzaa North and South in the Bono region. In the time passed, we elected a president with less than 40,000 votes between the first and second runners-up. In our view, this should not be countenanced or tolerated by any quarters as it has the potential of undermining the credibility of our elections. The question we ask ourselves is why should we continue to use the Garanta system, which opens the door to corrupt and illegal practices and undermines the credibility of our register some 30 years after it was first introduced, and especially now when nearly 18 million Ghanaians above the age of 18, 15 years have the Ghana card. All right, so that was Jim Mensah in that report. Uh, so uh, we know that from September 12, the continuous registration exercise will kick in, uh, where we're expecting to register some 1.35 million people who have since the last election, 1018. And the key thing there is that now that we do not have the new CI, we are still using the old one, which allows for some guarantor uh, uh, processes or guarantors to help others register onto the system. Though the EC does not favor that, that is the law we have, so that's what we go with. Um, let me start. So my guest for this segment, Dr. Kojo Asante, Director of Advocacy and Policy Engagement at CDD, Dr. Dixon Adumaku Kisi, Member of Parliament for Anya Soto, Osman Ayarega, Deputy Youth Organizer of the NDC. Let me start off with Dr. Kisi, Dr. Dixon Adumaku Kisi, he is in Parliament. Uh, the EC boss says Parliament, or the new CR, has not received the expected support from Parliament. Um, just to find out, why hasn't it re received that support from Parliament as we speak? Um, well, let me, let me say that all members of Parliament are in support of improving the integrity of the EC's uh, you know, process and the credibility. Uh, one of the main straws that broke the camel's back on this issue was the fact that at the time, uh, finance ministry owed so much to a uh, national identification authority and and at the time 
many people had gone through their process, but did not have the identification card, which was then going to be used as the, uh, you know, key thing for registering people. So, so it was quite unfortunate that when this uh, CI came uh, into, into Parliament, unfortunately, NIA was owed so much, and the parties involved, the banks that had granted NIA monies to issue cards and whatnot, were holding on to cards and were not ready to release them unless finance ministry had made uh, you know, appropriate payments and not promises, payments and not promises. So, so I, think, I think for me, uh, the dependence on the issuance of Ghana identification card and, and, and the fact that they had issues, strictly financial, mm. uh, became uh, difficult for them to make a case. And, and, and that is what uh, then really tipped the CI to be put on hold. And, and I think that now, uh, because of the gravity, enormity of the issue, Finance Ministry later on made some payments, but the timing was uh, after, uh, uh, you know, when that was brought up. So uh, maybe the resurrection or the re-entry of the CI might be when, one, the National Education Authority's uh, uh, indebtedness has been resolved, and, and two, the, when Ghanaians can reliably get their card on time and, 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 and you know, go through the process. So, so this, in, in spirit and in principle, a lot of MPs were in support, except for the fact that there were financial hiccups. Mm, I see. Um, but yeah. will it ever happen? The financial hiccups always there. The economy at its, its, its lowest in, in a long time. Uh, is, is, would it be prudent expenditure, doling out all that money to the NIA to complete this in time for the uh, EC to use for 2024 especially? Or let, me, let me add that when it also came to the numbers of youth who turn 18, uh, the numbers were not that 1.35 million. million, yes. And, 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 and that made it so clear that with a little bit of effort, uh, you know, making cards available to 1.3 million people uh, shouldn't cost as much as the 16 million mm -hmm. that has been worked on. Yeah. So, so I, I really think that it's a doable thing, and and it ignores the benefit of all parties, in as much as the parties are not dependent on the EC. Because I must state categorically here that any serious party in this world cannot and should not depend on the referee, mm -hmm. and and it's like a sports game. If you're going to a game, depending on how the referee might give red cards or yellow cards, you've lost the game. Mm. Any serious football player will play for the viewers or the fans to know that, ah, in, in, in all fairness, the, 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 the team has played very well, except for that maybe the referee didn't do well here or there. Yes, but if you mean to win... Mm. If you really mean to win, and, and I can state here categorically that the MPP party or the majority in government at the moment uh, is not and will not depend on the Electoral Commission. Mm. And we are, we are aimed to make sure that we have a strong case for Ghanaians to believe in our vision of continuing, and, and that is what matters. And we are hoping that in as much as there's been failures in some domains in governance, 
the successes have been many, mm. enormous. I see. And, and that Ghanaians will look at the successes and, and make a determination in 2024 that they would prefer that continuance uh, be the, 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 the name of the game now so that uh, Ghana can do far better with continuance of governance. Mm. So, so I really think that, one, uh, people should be aware and the NDC should be aware. I mean, and I've said this in, in an advisory way to the NDC that, listen, do your homework. Make sure that you have your figures uh, after the election and, and not end up in court without the figures. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that if we do all of us our homework well, our figures will corroborate. I mean, the media houses now can even call the shots before the EC. Mm -hmm. So as a political party, if you are dependent on the Electoral Commission uh, to win an election, you'll be making a very grave mistake. And this is even an advice to the ruling party. Mm -hmm. I see. We will not. I see. But, but there's a role the referee plays that can disadvantage you if you don't open your eyes well. Well, yes. uh, the, 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 the word on the street is shine your eye. So I'm so. sure this is part of the shine your eye. <laughs> Osman, um, so yeah, I think what he said generally reflects the view of the NDC, right? That they, because, so generally, in principle, using Ghana card for registration for EC election, etc., it's not a bad thing. It's actually the way to go since it, it helps tell it tells who really a Ghanaian is, the age and everything. So minors, non-Ghanaians or non-citizens on the road, those issues will become issues of the past. But the concern which you have articulated, at least your party, is that the card should be readily available. NIA should clear the, the backlog and all of that. Then we can all be happy to know that the cards are available so nobody will be disenfranchised. That's the same position, is it not? Um, not entirely. Our position has been that in as much as you want to include the NIA cards, mm. let us stick to the guarantor system. Because, of course, even in acquiring your NIA card, you use the guarantor system. So that has been our position from day one. Because like everybody has everyone, an NIA card, why should they be guarantor? there's no time system? in this country that they have convinced us that everybody has the NIA card. And so it doesn't look like... If everybody, that's what I'm saying, if... Or readily can readily if, acquire it. If everybody has... Or can readily acquire. No, if everybody has the NIA card, Mm. and we can prove beyond reasonable doubt that everybody has the NIA card, then fair enough. But to the extent that not everyone has the NIA card, and it doesn't look like everybody can have the NIA card, considering the kind of lapses, the kind of issues, the kind of financial restraint they have even at the NIA, it doesn't look like every Ghanaian will have an NIA card. Mm. And in any case, what are the requirements even for you to have the NIA card? It includes the guarantor system. So why is the EC trying to have a back and forth with everyone? The, 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 the EC has said that the it's NIA's concerned. guarantor system scrutiny is more stringent than theirs. I don't yeah, know so what is wrong it. if the EC also applies that same principle? Mm. So far as the scrutiny is concerned. Double cost to government. How, mm. how will it be double cost to government? Because if government had worked so hard that everyone has an NIA card, mm. we wouldn't even be having this debate. But so far as we are concerned, not everyone has the NIA card. And it doesn't look like everyone will have the NIA card. So to the extent that not everyone has the NIA card, what is the situation? What is the remedy? How do we get out of this? You still want to box us in that unfortunate situation. And if you do that, you end up disenfranchising people. And don't forget, the right to vote, as stipulated in Article 42 in the 1992 Constitution, 
it's a right it's not a privilege so let no one put you in that category that you are supposed to be in a position of privilege before you can it's your right yes you must make the effort to go yes so account. if people have made the effort to get the nia card and it's still not available and people will make the effort to go and get registered but the NIA has also complained that it's only when there is an activity that they see a spike in the number. So when there is no activity really, like SIM card registration or voter ID card and all of that, the centers offices are relatively calmer or even empty. It's when an activity is about to happen that people rush there. So that is not a responsible use of time and, and, and the resources and the processes. So you always have people who don't have it because they've not taken the steps to go get it. That is not to say NIA doesn't have issues. NIA should resolve yes, issues. NIA has but the people issues. themselves must be responsible proactive. and make the effort proactive. No, people are responsible. People are being proactive. But the mm. NIA itself has not been proactive in actually delivering on its mandate so far as the cards are concerned. Mm. So the simple argument is that NIA has not provided all the cards that are even supposed to be provided. There is a serious backlog mm. on the cards. So going into the election, there's no point where we can say every Ghanaian has an NIA card. Every Ghanaian who wants to be registered on the EC register has an NIA card. Mm. So if you go on that path that you would only accept the NIA card, that is recipe for disaster. That is recipe for chaos. Don't forget that it is our right to vote. So every administrative body that has that mandate to make sure that people vote, should be able to create that environment to enable people to vote. Not that to say you want to make sure you clean your register. You rather create an environment that makes it very difficult for people. And this was actually a holding the Supreme Court, I think, in 1996, 10 Adi versus Attorney General, saying that the EC should provide that environment for everyone who wants to vote and is eligible mm. to vote. To vote. So don't put so many barriers to disenfranchise people from voting. That is the issue of I the see. NIA card. Now, with the issue of this limited registration. So let, let, me, let me speak to Doc, Doc, uh, Dr. Kujua Asante. I'll come back to you on this. Hello, Doc. Uh, welcome to the program, uh, Dr. Kujua Asante. Um, sure, it appears everybody agrees that using a Ghana card is the surest way of uh, getting or having uh, a credible voters register, which we all aspire for. Uh, I don't know where you stand on this, really. Should we proceed after the NIA is reached a certain percentage of Ghanaians having the Ghana card, or we should wait till the NIA 100% concludes its work and distributes the card so we know that everybody has it? And can we ever get to that position? Thank you very much, and uh, good morning to your, your listeners. Um, First of all, I mean, just to reemphasize the point that, you know, we need to take these political rights very seriously if we want to continue to build integrity in our electoral system, and more importantly, legitimacy in our democracy. Yeah, I think that, um, and if you kind of begin to understand some of the, the debates and the frustrations that are going on in terms of democracy is the, the sense that sometimes we are too dismissive of some of these, you know, rights. And, you know, if you don't take care, you, you will create 
a lot of marginalization. So the principles have, have to be always respected and all the EMB is really a responsibility to make sure that at the minimum, you know, you try as much as possible to do all you can to make it very easy for people to exercise their political rights, right? And, you know, the right to vote and the right to register, you know, to vote and so forth. These are basics, but they are very, very important because it makes people feel inclusive uh, in a political process. Now, there's a big context to this discussion. If you go back to the CI that uh, on registration, uh, I've forgotten the number uh, that we passed in 2016. That was when we made a declaration that we were going to have continuous registration because everybody has said that if you take the history of registration exercises, it's one of the most violent. If you record uh, electoral violence, uh, registration is always uh, the most violent because it's limited voter registration. Um, it's happening at once. Everybody wants to make sure they can get their people onto the register because that guarantees that their people will, you know, be there and they go to vote. And that's where you get minors and foreigners and all of that. And it's, it's always very, very tense. So I think all stakeholders accepted that this is not, we shouldn't create the environment for this kind of time pressured, you know, registration. We should do continuous registration. Now, we never got to it because the next step was to define the modalities for continuous registration. You know, that if somebody turns 18 and they wanted to register to vote, where can they go and vote? What is the infrastructure? How do we ensure the integrity, the supervision? That is different from what we normally do when we are doing a limited voter registration and parties have to deploy party agents and all of those. So it was until 2020, and uh, which was at the CI 91, which basically kind of made reiterated the need for continuous registration, and that modalities will now be determined. So the EC, following 2020, began to work on the modalities for continuous registration. And in the and I attended IPAC for about three of those discussions. And I recall that the question as to when it was reviewing this process is that, yes, of course, we need to address the issue of the grant system and that we should use the NIA card. Even then, the question was whether or not insisting on only the NIA card as a form of identity was going to undermine people's right to vote and disenfranchise people. And even at that point, there was a, 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 a proposal to seek the Attorney General's opinion on the matter. And then, of course, there was going to be a discussion with NIA and so on and so forth. So that is what led to the current CI uh, that was proposed for uh, to be passed in Parliament, which made the proposal about using only the NIA and then, of course, the district centers and so on and so forth. Now, if we had succeeded in 2021 to have passed that CI. You would have had plenty of time between 2021 to 20, end of 2023 
or even into 2024, for everybody who is turning 18 to vote, uh, to register to vote. That didn't happen. So, after three years or so of going back and forth, we are now at uh, uh, a phase with, you know, a, uh, a, 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 how do you say, uh, a lot of people who have not had the opportunity to register to vote. I mean, the estimates are right. It's about 1.5 million or 2 million or whatever it is. And of course, you can't even use continuous registration to deal with those numbers. You have to use a limited voter registration process. At the time, the assumptions that uh, were underlining the 2021 discussions at all were all not tenable anymore. The NIA uh, process had come to a halt. There wasn't any guarantee that he would be able to complete his processes and so on. And so you couldn't rely on that. And then if you look at the guarantee statistics, in the 2020 registration, it was 37% of total voters, which was, I think, about 6 million or so. So it is not a small number. And if you're, I, I think I've said you, you know, uh, statistics over the years, uh, and, and on most limited registration projects, it's about 70% of first-time voters. So to face that thing off, you really need to be very pragmatic and be sure about the distribution across regions. Where are you getting, you know, last election, for example, the highest, uh, I think, was coming from the Bono area. And you have to ask yourself why. Why is it that we couldn't cover the Bono area? It was in, in the 57% and so on. So there are, there are many ways. This is a very practical, pragmatic process that we should gradually face out because I agree in principle that at the end, everybody should have a Ghana card and be able to use it to register. And we get to the point where they let, we don't have to go physically. The Electoral Commission can actually just take the details from the NIA process, assign a polling station, and that person is registered to vote. Right? So it's a real factor. That's why I, I have been a bit missed by this, you know, uh, this back and forth that has delayed this process for long. Because even the NIA card we are talking about, a third of it, and, and from their own statistics, is from the Ghana system. So if we allow the NIA, because they also know that they have to face out that process over time, we should just have a practical process of checking the statistics and distribution gradually to come to a point where we say, no, we have enough of a system, and we have now set up an infrastructure for continuous registration. And then if we are getting close to election, like they do it in South Africa and other African countries, you do a more fast, right? But you need that infrastructure in place for people to do continuous registration so that you don't have this backlog of numbers and have to do this big limited voter registration process. So um, I, I feel that the way we have uh, gone about is too binary, right? We, the assumptions, if the assumptions don't, uh, uh, you know, play out anymore, we change the statistics. That's, it's an administrative process. 
So we shouldn't be wedded to like, oh, today we are using NI and that, that's all. We should all move. But when the studies clearly show that there's still a lot of people who use this grant, and you have an obligation to ensure you don't use that franchise. So work with the data, work to make sure that it can be done. When all stakeholders are satisfied with it, I don't think this becomes, you know, uh, the issue that really for me it has become. I see. Uh, so that I think we have, uh, I, I keep saying, we shouldn't throw the baby out of the bathwater on this matter. It is in our interest to move away from this mass registration process to something that allows a small seamless continued, and then we do a more part. It, it saves us all the hassle. Mm. But it has to also be based on what is actually on the ground. And it has to be a transparent process that everybody can attest to it and say, we have come to that agenda. Let's move forward. So you, you don't think uh, we should have a timeline to this to say, let's say, by 2024, we need to have a register that is, uh, that is fully Ghana card compliant, or that is fully uh, made up of members who only use a Ghana card, that in your view will not be feasible given the I circumstances. Would, I, would, I, would, I would like the timeline. I would like the timeline, but it is based on scenario planning. Mm. So if your scenario changes to the sense that you expect the, the NIA will tell you, okay, this is the distribution of uh, registration uh, that we have done across the country. We have completed 30% here, 80% there, this and that. And we can, based on that, we can estimate that whatever the circumstances, within two, three years, we should be done. And I would actually prefer that, you know, some of the timeline goes beyond the next election so that you don't put pressure. Very well. Mm -hmm. You know, on the, and bring the politics to com completely derail, you know, well-intended intentions. So if you say by 2025, you know, end of 2025, we should have done, and then we have set up our continuous registration process. Come the next election after that, there shouldn't be any problem about all these registration uh, issues that we continue to, you know, raise questions about. Very well. Thanks so much. Mm. Th thanks so much, uh, uh, Dr. Kudu Asante. Uh, um, thanks so much for, on your, for your views on, on this. Uh, um, Osman, yes, so, yes, you, you had some issues uh, with the... Yeah, how to do with the registration. The centers. The centers. The, the centers. Yes. The EC says it will use uh, its district offices yes. for, 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 for this continuous exercise, and it will be one center per constituency in, in, in most cases. And that's, that will even be less because the centers are going to be 268. Mm -hmm. So I mean that in some constituencies they may have to actually share a center. But let me even come to the come, let, let, me, let, me, let me come to the public elections regulation, the CI 91. Then you go to regulation 212. In designating a place as a registration center, the commission shall take into consideration the suitability of the place for use as a polling station on election day and the accessibility of the place to prospective applicants for registration mm. in some constituencies let's practicalize it in my constituency where i vote moko central the fathers away from a center or the electoral office that's the easiest office it's about 30 something to 40 something kilometers you expect someone to travel that distance just to come and register. Let me take you to Asin North. 
The fathers, Gangam, and the villages beyond Gangam, those who went to Asinofu can easily identify. It will take you not less than an hour and a half mm. into town. So the EC has just, what the EC is doing is a calculated attempt to disenfranchise so many people or young people. And this has to do with young people between the ages of 18 and 21 who are yet registered. Now, with the EC's own data, saying that they are estimated to register 1,350,000 people from September 12th to October 2nd. That is about, um, if you divide that by the number of district offices, which is 268, that will give you an average of 5,037 per district. Mm. If you divide that by the number of days, 20 days, meaning that each center should be doing average of 251 voters per day. Mm. Divide that per the number of hours or minutes, meaning that for you to be able to register one person, you should be doing the registration at 1 minute 50 seconds. It is practically impossible for you to register anyone within 1 minute 50 seconds. So you can't register 240 people in a day? Is that you can't. It is impossible. It is impossible. It is now, 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 now. Have you even considered people who have to commute? What used to happen? I mean, what we know even from um, Afarijan's era was that the registration was done at the various electoral areas, and we had about we in fact we have about six thousand two hundred and seventy-five electoral areas mm. then what it means that the distance <laughs> you would have to commute to the electoral center for you to register is shorter you can just walk from your house to the electoral center mm. but i mean for people like honorable his constituency is concentrated so you have people living within a smaller radius compared to we those from the north and other places outside accra where people have to commute several kilometers not even by car some have to walk has the electoral commissioner considered that? So what I'm saying, if you speak on that, and also based on the principle of the case of the Supreme Court, and Adi versus Attorney, you're saying that the EC must provide the means, must provide the conducive environment, and must also provide avenue mm. for people who are eligible and want to register and want to vote. The EC, what the EC is doing is recipe for chaos, is recipe for disaster. I'm not being a, a doomsayer or a prophet of doom, but, and you and I know, you have been in the media for a very long time, you know the kind of violence that sometimes is being characterized by registration. Okay. So let us not well, create a conducive environment yeah. for violence. Okay, so so yeah, yeah, just just to put a sentence in quickly for me. Yes. I'll, I'll um, have to go to Dr. Santi for a one-minute call. Okay. But yes. Let me say that if I use 1.5 million people left, to be registered. 1.35 actually. I'm just, I'm just bloating it. Okay. Let me bloat it. Yeah, okay. 1.5 million. Mm -hmm. And you divide it by the number of constituencies or centers. Mm -hmm. You're looking at about 54 people per place. And you're looking at about, uh, you know, if we talk about Ashanti region, it might be more mm -hmm. per every constituency. Mm -hmm. Let's say that even if it was 100 people per constituency, within the space of two weeks, my goodness. That's if we have multiple machines. I, I'm just saying, within the space of two weeks, 100 people Per constituency, come on now. Mm. How did you arrive now? at the hundred? No, but one point five. You know, one point five million divided by two sixty. What do you, what do you yeah. get? You get five thousand. 
No, 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 no. Let, yes, let, let's just one point five. Yes, I don't think it's necessarily the, the challenge because, I mean, the issue tends to have multiple machines and all of that. Mm. But the point is really about the the access, you know, mm. for... And we are talking about a category that is not economically uh, uh, empowered mm. to be able to finance, you know, trade uh, to the district capital. Mm. So... Uh, it's a very, it's a vulnerable, economically vulnerable uh, 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 category, and we have to take factor that into account. Mm. And so, uh, for me, the the 2019, we didn't necessarily do all electoral areas. We did, we just expanded the number of registration centers. I think it was 1,500 or so. Mm. At IPAC, I mean, this was raised that. Definitely, given the category we're talking about, and given the Electoral Commission's own uh, uh, um, position mm. that there's not enough time, it, it, it makes sense to increase the registration center so you can get the data very, you know, very quickly. And particularly also when we say that we are going to do exhibitions across the country. Very well. So if there are already temporary officers that are going to be employed, you know, to do that work, then we should be able to increase the centers to allow people to be able to have access. More access, very well. To do this. I get it. Right. Okay. Thank so that the either and let me just one point about that. I mean, the way to approach these things is to avoid the issues of you know chaos and all. Mm -hmm. I think we should really just engage, just based on reason and all our experiences, and and let the electoral commission you know, reconsider some of the proposals that it's making Very well. mm. so that, the, you know, it will enable people to be able to exercise their rights. Very well. And so, I think we could keep pressing, you know, the Electoral Commission should be reasoning well. in that. Thank you so much, Dr. Kodio Asante, Director of Advocacy and Policy Engagement with the CDD. Well, we have to end it here. Uh, this has been a big issue from... Uh, 97.3 City FM from City TV. My guests on this segment have been Dr. Asante, Kujukuju Asante, Director of Advocacy and Policy Engagement with the CDD, Dr. Dixon, Adomako Kisi, MP, Anya Sotum, and Osman Ayarika, Deputy Youth Organizer for the NDC. My name is Salam Adoni. Uh, thanks so much for doing the view and the listening. Catch you same time next week. <music>